Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome on in, Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, Kyle Quinn behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. lot to dive into today. Special anniversary in Philadelphia sports. Elliot later out at the Combine. It's a What If Wednesday, and we heard from Sirianni and Howie yesterday. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Philadelphia. Hey, fellas, word of advice, especially not around this time of year. When your significant other is talking, try your best to pay attention to what's being said, man. Because I, I found out, like, you know, when people, like, we're so used to texting mm-hmm. that that's the conversation. Like, when you actually get on the phone, I find it kind of hard to pay attention to the conversation. Like, so, like, guys, make sure when, they're, when you're talking to people on the phone, try your best to stay in, in to the conversation. Stay in tune. Because that's a bad look. I, going, huh? I agree with that. You, you go, huh, and then you're like, wait, what did you say? And, yeah. and a text, you can go back and read it. Yes, <laughs> because we are so used to texting, and, and a lot of people nowadays, they like to talk on the phone. Mm. So when you're talking, make sure you pay attention. Even if they're like it does sound like white noise, try your best to pay attention. Man. Just hone in. You know what? Here's when I was paying attention. Yesterday, between 1.30 and 2.15, because <laughs> we heard from Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni, and I was locked in, especially to what Howie said yesterday, because I always think the combined press conference, it's like the start of the offseason. You get a feel for what's going on. And this caught my attention yesterday. Howie asked, how are you going to spend all that extra cap room? Every team got 30, about $30 million extra, and, of course, the Eagles could free up even more by making a few moves here. How is Howie going to spend the cap room? Here's what he said yesterday. Well, just the way you take advantage of anything, you just bring in a lot of good people. You know, I think that's that's the key is for us to, to bring in good people um, overall to try to keep those guys in Philadelphia, to sign them to extension and build a culture of guys who uh, it's important for them. Um, the team's important. The city's important for them. And I think we got a, a good start on that. Well, bring in a lot of good people. And, Hugh, when I hear that, I get excited because I think the Eagles need to go all in this offseason. If, if they're going to win a Super Bowl next year, and look, the goal and the timeline, my, my, my timeline and your timeline and everybody's listening timeline might be different. But if the Eagles' goal is to win the Super Bowl next year, there's one way they could do this. I got just one way, Hugh. 
I need them to go big in free agency. I need to spend here. I, I'm not ready yet to trust all the young guys they've drafted. And they drafted some, you know, in the last few years that are probably going to play here. But I'm not ready to trust, you know, the Davises and the Smiths and the Blankenships and the Ringos of the world on defense. I need big-time players using free agency. And let me just point this out. You know, in the two great teams that Howie has built, he's built two of them, 2017, 2022. He's built two great teams here in Philadelphia. Those teams were littered with free agents, with big-name acquisitions that he brought in to supplement what was already here. In 2017, it was Alshon Jeffrey. It was Torrey Smith. It was Nick Foles, who was a free agent. It was LeGarrette Blount. It was Chris Long. It was Patrick Robinson. And then two years ago, it was Hassan Reddick, and that's its own situation now. It was CJGJ. It was Bradbury. It was Kaiser White. It was a trade for AJ. If the Eagles want to win the Super Bowl, Hugh Douglas, next season, I got to go all in on free agency. What are you feeling? Uh, I, I don't feel that way. And even though I was not drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, I was traded here. So, so I don't feel like you have to go all in in free agency to win. I think you have to give some of these young guys a, a chance. And when you talk about some of those teams that, that won, well, you talk about the team that won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of guys. That when you talk about some of the biggest contributions, they were guys that were 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 drafted Philadelphia. The Eagles, core, the, the core. core group. I think over the years, what has happened, especially when you talk about the culture of this team, and that's been a big topic in this offseason. I think that when you go out and you get hired guns or sell swords or whatever you want to call them, that people don't understand the culture. They don't. They're not endearing themselves to the city like that. I feel like you've had enough good draft picks, good young draft picks, that they should be allowed an opportunity to play. Now, I understand that with the the way that this team is going, there's going to have to be some positions that you're probably going to have to go veteran with. I don't want to go all in and get the highest paid veteran when I when I uh, think about making this team better. I want the young guys to play. We've seen on more than one example how young guys, if given the opportunity to play, they pay huge dividends as the season progresses. The biggest example of that for me is the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that that's the route that we need to go. Because when you start talking to me about core values and, and, and chemistry and things of that nature, it hits different when a guy is drafted here and he knows what this team means to this city and things of that nature as opposed to a guy that we get excited about what he did somewhere else and comes into the city because you paid him a ton of money. Well, that is fair. And, Hugh, I understand that point. And, and I think if you want to keep continuity long-term, you try to find your Fletcher Coxes, right? Your next Fletcher Cox. You yeah. try to find your next Brandon Graham. And I get all that. They need to have a core in place for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years. But if I want to win the Super Bowl next year, I find it hard to imagine they're going to win the Super Bowl if Nolan Smith and Reed Blankenship and Jordan Davis all are no-question-asked starters. I, I need something more – that I could count on. Like, I need something I know, like, whether it be Jalen Johnson or, or Legarius Stina Corner, whether it be Josh Allen or Brian Burns at edge Ed Rusher. I need stars. See, I don't think they have a good enough team I, as is. I hear you, and I feel, and I feel this strongly, that offensively, we have enough on that side of the ball that can carry today. And I know that we still need to answer the running back question and some questions about the offensive line and things of that nature. But I feel as a cohesive unit, when they become a cohesive unit because they're not one right now. But when they, get the, when they get their stuff together, that they have enough on that side of the ball where they can be successful and they can carry the day. And this young defense can get better as the season progresses. I'm all for letting the young guys play because I feel like when you talk about culture, for whatever reason, 
this culture fell apart last year. And in order to build culture, you have to have a clean slate, Joe, and you have to have some young guys, young guys, or guys that play the way that you want them to play that are going to come in and help cultivate that culture. Because I think, I, I believe that with Coach Fangio being here, this defensive philosophy is going to change. It's going to change. And I feel like some of the guys that we have here, and I know money's an issue and guys are under contract and things like that, but from their own admission, I feel like there are guys on this team that when you ask them to do certain things that you're going to ask them to do defensively, mm. they're not going to do it. So in order to get what you need, in order to be successful, you're going to have to go with the young guys, the young, hungry Thundercats, and let them play. You can, or you can get some new guys that are in free agency that all that extra cap room is there for. But Howie Hugh yesterday, I thought it was interesting. And I always try to read through the kind of the BS meter with GMs. Like, yeah. is he just saying this to kind of throw everyone off the scent, or does he mean it? Here's Howie yesterday on, you know, the Eagles having to be okay playing some of those younger guys. When, when we when we look back and Coach and I talk about it a little bit, it, it's okay to play some young players. It's okay for them to get experience and kind of see what you have. Um, and um, based on where some of our guys were, uh, they had the ability to sit back and, and learn a little bit because of the situations that we were in. I think going forward, it's going to be harder to do that. Um, obviously, just as you look at our team and who is making a lot of money, and um, we had a little bit of extra picks over the last couple of years. Um, so I think that it, it, for us to play our young players, to develop them, I think that's something that Coach and I have talked about to not be afraid of. That's why you draft them. That's why you sign them. And so um, you have that, and you'll have a depth chart where they'll be a little bit un uncomfortable about you know, this guy necessarily hasn't shown it, but we believe in this player. And so um, I think that that'll be an area for, for us to kind of maybe grow on. And um, I don't want to say improve because we had good players at those positions. But, um, you know, that's exciting, I think, in a lot of ways. It's exciting until the young players aren't as good as we hope. And then all of a sudden we don't have a good enough team. You, you know what's funny about that? And I remember, like, you know, I, I have a, a relationship with Coach Reed and the Kansas City Chiefs and some of the coaches. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, the game that we played, and we beat them. And uh, who was it? Say, who was the receiver that dropped the pass? Uh, that might probably was the MVS, Mark, uh, Marquez Val Valdez Scantling. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't think of his name. I was about to say, say, say uh, something else. I was about to say, call him something else. You know how we do. But uh, I remember texting one of the coaches during that time, and I was like, dang, these receivers are garbage. And I remember saying that. And, and he responded, hey, you know how it is. They got to get better. And that was it. You know, hey, you know, it's a long season. They got to get better. That's what you have to have, Joe. Because now when you talk about those that receiving core in the playoffs, they came up big. And he did make a couple big catches. They, they, yeah. they came up in, big. In Buffalo, you, you, in, in, in uh, Baltimore, he did. Bottom line is this. You have to be patient. That's the problem. We don't want to be patient. I don't. I want to win. We, we, we can still win. Well, but here's what I'll say. And I, I know you're going to say that you uh, – I'll let you respond. But what I'm going to say is it's easier to do that when you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like, the Eagles have never shown the ability. Right. Not, since, not since you guys were here. You guys had a, a young team that grew together, right? Mm -hmm. But since you left as a player and it's the Howie Roseman Eagles, they really have never won anything with young guys. They've always supplemented with big ticket free agents. Alshon Jeffrey. I'll even A.J. Brown is similar to you where they traded for him mm -hmm. off his first team. But that's yeah. a, a big ticket acquisition. I don't. My thing is, what if these young guys aren't good enough and they win seven or eight well, games next year? Well, you draft them. 
You draft them, and you have to allow them. I think you I, don't have to. They could be part no, of it. No, you don't have Joe, to give them big you roles. You have to give them. You have to see if they could play. And what if because they can't? Th- then you, what you do is this. Like, say, for instance, at the linebacker spot, I was looking at some of the free agents in, in that are in that are going to be available. Mm-hmm. I would say that I would go into the draft and I would draft a young linebacker, but I would go get a guy, say, a veteran guy like Bobby Wagner. Now he's a lot older. Had a pretty good year last year. Yeah, he's almost your age. <laughs> yeah, he's he's but he can still play. No, he, he like, can still he's, play a He's bit, a yeah. serviceable guy. He is. Now, I, I would I would bring Bobby Wagner in for two reasons. You know, the veteran leadership and to try to usher and groom the young linebacker that I want to play eventually. Like Bobby Wagner would be my on the field coach type situation. I don't have to go out and pay a whole lot of money, I would assume, with his age and everything and all the other young linebackers that you have out there. I don't have to pay him a whole lot of money. But the bottom line is this. It's still about developing players. When I think about some of the successful college teams, and I know I'm, I know the college and pro teams are different, but the thing that, say, for instance, Alabama does, they keep young guys in the pipeline, especially when you talk about those years where they had all those running backs coming out of there. Mm-hmm. Like, they kept the young guy in the pipeline. And in order to be successful, that's what you have to do. Sometimes you have to be more patient with these young guys than you really want to be. So I understand that, and here's what I would say. They could be patient, but if they're wrong, it's going to be a rough season. I don't think they'll win a Super Bowl if they play all the young guys. And I'll just do it like this. Like I'll give you four young guys they've, they've brought in here in the last couple of years. Uh, Sidney Brown, who showed some promise. Reed Blankenship, who showed some promise. N'Kobe Dean, who I, they, they still seem to believe in. And Nolan Smith, right? All young guys. Haven't proven it yet. I'm not cutting them. They're here. They could play backup roles. But I'm going to go spend my cap room on Xavier McKinney. I'm bringing back Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Go get Patrick Queen. Go get Brian Burns. They have, they're going to have $50 million in cap room by the time they make some moves. I want to go spend it to go get a defense to go with this offense. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard. Should the Eagles go all in in free agency? I, I'm ready to spend all the money. I'm, now, I'm just and dishing I it out. You've got to let Let's these young, go. We, I need to figure out. Whether or not Nolan Smith can play, I you know how I feel about Akili Ringo. You know how I feel about Keely Ringo and those young guys. Let them play, man. Let them play. That's how you establish. And another thing, Joe, that's how you establish culture, because you have guys that are 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 clean slates, and and you teach them the defense in the way that you want them to play. When you talk about LeJarrius Sneed and those guys at Kansas City. That's exactly what Spags did. It is. Look how look how they struggled the year they beat us in the Super Bowl early on. I agree with you, but I and also, now he's about to get paid. I agree. He's he's become a tremendous player. Here's here's my little difference. Brett Veach can spot talent. I trust that he's right that those guys can become. See, I'm not sure how he knows how to but do see, this. But but listen, we can't annoy Howie two times that dude and not allow him. Sure, we can. Well, no, no, we can't. Yeah, we he can. has he has to prove it. He has to go out and he he drafted these guys. He has to give these young cats a chance. Well, here's what I say. He's a two-time executive of the year because he built a good team. It doesn't matter how you build it. You could build it through free agency. You could build it through the draft. But, see, this is the difference because we always like and, – and this is the elephant in the room for me because we always like to talk about how good – how he is at being a, a, a GM. Brett Beach is a better GM I, than Howie. I agree with you. Because I, I of that, that simple fact. Because he, they took – like, when you look at that Kansas City team, they are the template – for success in the NFL. Whether, and I understand that they have Patrick Mahomes, but they take chances on young people, and it pays off for them in the most opportunistic time they can. Quick analogy. Just a quick, dumb analogy quick. for you, all what right? You quick one. 
if I, if uh, you are, you're inviting someone over and the goal is to make to have a great dinner with that person, it's female, it, whoever you want, you got to be female. <laughs> I ain't making no dinner for no dudes. <laughs> I'm just saying. all right. You invite a, a friend over, a female <laughs> friend, and the goal is to have a great dinner. Okay? Is that my is that my ultimate goal? That, How well, about that's that the, D? Baby? That's the first goal you know what I'm here. Is that my ultimate goal? Definitely not. <laughs> Work with my, me here, everybody. Step further. Is it, we talking about breakfast. Can we get some breakfast? Whatever like, the meal is. <laughs> the ultimate goal is that she enjoys the meal, okay? I'm looking at it. Guess what? <laughs> is she gonna like it better because you cooked it, or is she gonna like it if it's good? If you cook it and it stinks, it doesn't matter that you it cooked all, it. It all depends on, because if I put forth a strong effort, no, like effort counts. wait a second. No, sometimes effort counts because, listen, this is the first, is this my first meal? Because if it is, I think she applauded my effort. If the Eagles go 7-10, and 10, no one cares that Kobe Dean was drafted here. Nobody cares. No, they want to win. I feel, I feel like with the defensive coordinator that, coordinator that we have, and like – this these coffers aren't empty, Joe. Like, like that's my thing. I know that there are some key positions that we need. And how even said this yesterday, when he talked about we need to we need to get better, especially at the corner position. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. We need to get better on that whole back end. I agree. That's so why. let the young guys play. Or sign Jalen Johnson and sign Xavier McKinney and bring back ah. CJ GJ. Let's go to the ah. phone lines here. 215-592-9494. Should the Eagles go all in and free agency? Hugh wants to go young here. Give the young guys a chance. How he referenced that yesterday. Chris in Middletown. What's up, Chris? Happy Harper Day, guys. What's Happy going on, anniversary. Man? Five years ago today, Bryce Harper signed with the Phillies. What's up, Chris? Absolutely. Guys, let, let me get into this before I get to the subject of the draft. Joe, I have a question for you, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really want to know how you feel that your boy Nick did yesterday. Because, dude, Nick had big Dom there with him yesterday. Um, I mean, he kept talking about how he's going to reshuffle the core values and talking about core values. And not only is he doubling down on the core values, Joe, he's got a new thing. He's tripling down on it. Like, it's like the triple dog dare. So, Joe, how do you feel? Does this make you feel good? Uh, no, I don't give a no, shit. It, it does not. I, but I'm going to steal that one from Sirianni. Whenever I have a take now that I'm going to just die on that hill, I'm going to say I'm tripling down. Doubling down is not even good enough anymore. We're, we're now going to triple down on nonsense around here, Chris. All right? He said triple down next on level. Nonsense. It's yes. next level. It's next <laughs> level. So, uh, let's get into this, uh, you know, do we do we draft or, or do we spend the money? Um you know, Howie's got that purse, and, dude, he's got it wide open. Howie's getting ready to spend. And, you know, I, I, I got to talk to you, Hugh. I got to talk to you. Dude, we can't ha- – I can't play D-end, all right? Let's not talk about he Ike tried. playing D-end. He end. tried to play D-end one time. How'd that work <laughs> out? And, 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 I and it like a rag doll. And his doppelganger got handled the same way last year. So, look, I don't want to see <laughs> – I don't want to see him out there doing the same thing. So – and as far as, you know, hey, can we spend – dude, Howie ex- – perfect example is Howie can't draft. He's like the world's worst drafter. Now, he is good at signing free agents. That is his wheelhouse. So do I want him to – am I going to put my hope in Howie that all of a sudden he learns how to draft? Or am I going to put my hope in Howie is good at signing free agents? No. Howie, you go spend – you go, you go like a drunken sailor out there and spend all you can and enjoy yourself. That's what I want him to do. Now, I do want him to draft, though. You ready, Hugh? I want him to draft. You know who I want him to draft? Who you want him to draft? Bring, bring Junior in. You make sure you draft Junior. Bring Trot Junior in here. That's all I want to see, guys. Now, before I leave you, there's a lot of talk about our running back. Is he going to re-sign him? 
No, he's not re-signing him. Why? Because what he does is he brings these guys in, he runs their legs off, he lets them go in free agency because he picks up compensatory picks. So he is not re-signing a running back. I agree with that, Chris. I'd be be surprised, Chris. You got it, man. Appreciate it. I'd be surprised if Swift is back here next. A lot lot of big-name free agents out there. But, you know, he said it there, Hugh. Howie does a lot of things well. He does the cap well. He maneuvers money well. I think he's good at making trades, value, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Drafting and, and developing young players is not the best thing Howie does, but spending that money in free agency, you, that's you, what he does. Bad analogy time. You know what this is the equivalent of? What's that? Howie goes out. Like, Howie's the dude that can't find his own girlfriend. He goes steal somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't do that, man. After a while, that, like, you're going to get punched in the mouth. Happiness doing is happiness, that. though. No, but you can't go out. Like, find your own girlfriend, man. And and this this could potentially. Like, we like to sing the praise of Howie because Howie brought us a Super Bowl and things of that nature. But damn it, Howie, you got to learn how to find your own girlfriends, man. Quit taking everybody else's girlfriend. Yeah, but then he gets like, a, get your own woman. Yeah, but he gets a girl he doesn't really like. It's not, no, it's but not I'm working saying, out. Get your, and, and, and we have to let these young guys play, man. That's the only way I feel like we're going to fix this culture and, and, and be sustainable, have this be sustainable for as long as we want it to well, be. Well, that word is, is one I can't argue with. The way I want to do it, it leads to less sustainability, but it yes. does lead to two Super Bowl trips in six years. 215-592-9494. The Eagles have more cap room than we anticipated. Howie yesterday is hinting at the idea that, like, yeah, they're going to add a lot of people, but then also says, hey, we got to be okay with some of the younger guys. What do you want them to do? Should the Eagles go all in in free agency I think they should. There's a lot of big names out there. They could fix this defense. Hugh, as you guys know, he wants the young guys to play. I want play. the young Thundercats to play, man. 215-592-9494. I will die on this hill. I know today. you will. <laughs> it will feel better next year if they can't play, but the young guys are out there. All right, 215-592-9494. Come back. Your phone calls. We'll get Kyle's take on this. You too. And more from what Howie said yesterday on the standard of winning and what he thinks they were missing Last season, should the Eagles go all in? Get in now. 215-592-949 for Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. You know, I I don't know that um, I think about it other than how do we improve? You know, how do we get better as quickly as we can? Um, How do we put our resources in the right uh, position? How do we make good decisions after good decisions? Um, certainly we weren't good enough. You know, I think that um, luckily we've gotten to a point here where, um, you know, the standard is, is trying to compete for world championships. And so if a season ends, whether it's this year, which was disappointing, or last year, which was disappointing, um, that's really what we're trying to do. So um, I think it, it's clear to me that um, we weren't good enough to do that this year. And so I got to do whatever I possibly can to do better. And I got to look at it um, with open eyes and think about, you know, um, what things that I can do to help the team um, do better next year. Standard of championships, whatever I could do to get better. That sounds to me like Jeff Flurry's checkbook is about to get used. Xavier McKinney, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Patrick Queen, Brian Burns, bring them in. Young guy stuff. Welcome back. Midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gilio, 215-592-9494. A lot of interesting stuff yesterday. Your reaction to Howie. And, uh, and Nick's here on his press conference. We'll get to some of the Nick stuff yesterday as he um, seemingly has re-ranked the core values here. So we'll get to that. We may have to do our own core values of the midday show coming up a little bit. But your take on this, should the Eagles go all in in free agency or, as Hugh wants to do, play the young guys? Play the young Thundercats, man. Play the young Thundercats. 
play the <laughs> Thundercats and go seven and ten. But that's okay because they were drafted here. I am comfortable in this place of being alone. On oh, this I'm island. not. But but are you comfortable losing? I don't think. See, I think for you that's the extreme. I think that with our defensive coordinator that's coming in, Vic Fangio, I think that it establishes a culture and a philosophy of the way that you want to play football that I honestly feel like the guys that we have in certain positions, key positions, that are not going to do. And I think that's important for uh, if what have you want to shuffle them, the core values and the camaraderie yeah, and the chemistry yeah. Yeah, on this football team. You cannot tell me on either side of the ball what was the defensive or offensive mentality. What, the tush push? That like was about team, it. Yeah, it was about this it. This team, for, for as, as, as good or as bad as you want to say that this team was, they didn't have an identity. We, we were excited. And the wool was pulled over our eyes because A.J. talked about how this team wasn't that good, but they were winning. Uh, we were just excited because it's the Eagles and, and everybody was excited. They just got off the Super Bowl and we were trying to get back. But when you look at the identity of this football team, there was nothing offensively or defensively that we did good. We didn't. Mm. We didn't. And as no, the season right. progressed, we started to, to see the warts. Defensively, the identity was what? Bend but don't break initially. Uh, I guess. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, just, you know, just do the best I can. I'm just trying my best. Yeah. You know, nobody put a hat on anybody. There was no aggressive undertones of defensive play, any of that stuff. When you talk about what defenses used to be in Philadelphia, it was none of that. So I feel like in order to get back to that, that you have to instill that in some young players because there's a few older players that already let me know where their head is. And I agree with you on that. So, so I guess here's the difference between you and I. I. I agree with your idea. They got to instill a new culture, the new coaching staff, get an identity. I'm with that. But I think their biggest issue is talent. I didn't see enough from the young guys to tell me they're ready to be stars. Jalen Carter's the only one that I feel like, all right, I'm comfortable. He's going to be a star. Davis, yeah. I have no idea. I mean, I think he's going to be a serviceable player. Maybe he could be more. I still like Davis. Nolan Smith, I, they didn't play him enough. I don't know yet. Sidney Brown, he's coming off an injury. Blanket chip, I like, but blanket chip might be better as a third safety yeah. there than your number one safety. So I think their biggest issue is talent. I, I'll say it like this, Hugh. Right now, and I know people aren't going to like this, but I don't care. I think this is a seven or eight win team right now. I think they need to add like three or four or five real players on defense, and then I think they could get back to being a and, ten or eleven win team. And, but right now, if they took the field, I think this is an eight win team. And, and you know what? At this point, I'm okay with that because you know why? I think that they could be a ten to, ten to a twelve win team is because when Coach Fangio comes in here, he's going to have a philosophy. He's going to have a mentality, and all of and and then on top of that. They're not going to make all them same damn mistakes that they made last yeah, year, Joe. I, this I was the, agree like, with that. I, I hate to say it the way that I'm going to say it, but I need you to understand where I'm coming from. Go ahead. This was the absolute stupidest team that I saw play defense last year. It was just stupid some of the stuff that they did. And I'll, be, I'll tell you this. When I played, there were certain things that, that I did not pay attention to when I played, but I knew the defense. And when watching this team, play last year and some of the stuff that the defensive ends and the way that they played, some of the stuff that they did, I was like, that ain't right. And I and I ain't played in like 20-some odd years, but I knew what they were doing wasn't right. I agree with you. It looked really bad. I think part of it, though, was they had bad players. No, they had bad coaching. Well, like, I don't like, know. If some, you got, Eli, is Eli Ricks a good player at this point? At this point? I think that he can be. But, he's, but he's, he, he's, he's shown he flashes, Joe. Flashes, but flashes lose games. But, but Joe, can I, can I just say this? This coaching staff let 
Matt, Patric- Matt Patricia dropped our best defender in the pass coverage. Like nobody – we had a, a, a coach that was the defense coordinator that let Buddy come in that ain't, ain't been here six weeks run the offense, like run the defensive game plan. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, come on, like what What are you what, – oh, what about Bayard. that? Yeah, what, what about that are you not getting? This team was inept. That's a nice word to use That's instead a, of stupid. That cleaned it up. Yeah, yeah it's inept. We try to clean things up on the midday yeah. show. Inept, bad, horrendous. It was, it was bad and nobody had an answer for it. We went through weeks – of watching this terrible-ass defense play, <laughs> and nobody said a word. That might be the best way to frame what they You know were. what I mean? It was like weeks, 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 and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, how do you keep making the same mistakes every week? How do you go out there every week and look like you don't know what the hell you're doing? Well, they, Every week. They didn't, and I also think they didn't have good enough players. They got to get some real players. Kyle, what do you feel on this? As uh, the Eagles have more cap room than we anticipated, Howie – has more cap room than he's had maybe his entire GM career. I know most teams do. Everyone got more money. But how he's got money to spend here, what should they do? Yeah, I think Hughes going senile today. <laughs> I think we're wasting a season if we go all in on on young guys and, and building this culture thing. Like, like Building a culture or a foundation of a good culture is, like uh, to me, a cute concept. But I have a, paramount. I, I have a better way of having a, uh, a, a winning culture, Hugh. Win football games. And you know how they're going to do that? By having the most talented roster they can possibly field next season. I, when it comes to Howie, I just got to stick with what I know works, right? Mm. Not the draft. I mean, I, I think that's quite obvious that unless he has, like, tailor-made take guy that falls into his lap in the top ten, he's not very good. Howie, just take offensive defensive line. Take right. somebody else's girl. That's yeah, what he well, does. <laughs> I need to win a Super Bowl with whoever's girlfriend, okay? How about that? The Lombardi looks the same either way, man. Exactly. And so in 2017, 2022, the two times we were in the Super Bowl was when we went all in on free agency. I just feel like this idea of following the Chiefs model is an effort in futility. Like, we don't have a guy. Are you kidding me? No, we don't have Patrick Mahomes, man. Let me give you an example. This is why I think Kyle's right on this. Who has the best model in baseball? I would say it's probably one of two teams, the Dodgers or the Braves, right? Sustainability. But but the Phillies can't do that because they don't know how to find Ronald Acuna Jr., so they got to go buy Bryce Harper. It works either way. Just win. Wait a minute. Bryce and Stott and and, and Bomber from here, though, right? Yeah, but they're they're nice. But they're nice. Harper or Schwarber, they're not doing that. Those are like two pieces. You guys. cute players. (laughs) You guys are talking about. Stott's a little bit cuter. You guys are talking about replenishing the ranks. By going out and just paying, taking all this little $60 million we yeah. got to just go hire got guns. Yes. And we got some young guys on this squad, and we got nine draft picks. I don't know if they can play. No, you better you better hope that Howie does a better job of draft. At some point, Howie has to get off the – he has to stop looking at other people's women and start drafting his own, picking his own diamonds in the rough. Because that's the sign – like, seriously, that's the sign of a real good GM. Somebody who can find somebody and be paid. See, this is the problem. Two, we're not patient. That's the problem with the NFL as an, in a nutshell. The model for the Chiefs is the model that everybody should be following, but it's, it's hard to do because, and you're right, Patrick Mahomes makes that easy. He covers up a lot. He covers up a lot. But we just gave our quarterback $255 million. We, uh, we need to let him grow as, as well. We need to stop with this microwave mentality. And let these young players cook, man. Listen, let I, them cook. It, he, let he, them I'm, cook. I'm 37. I'm not getting any younger. I need a Super <laughs> see, Bowl next see, that's year. The and we can still do that. Did anybody think with the defense that the, the 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 Kansas City Chiefs had the first year 
that they won the Super Bowl. The year they beat us. Patrick Mahomes. And Andy Reid. But what I'm telling you is this. That's a culture. Because that defense was getting shredded at the beginning of the year. And there were questions about whether or not. There have been questions for the last six seasons about Patrick Mahomes. Did they figure him out? Are the Chiefs falling off? They believed in the culture, and they've been a part of the lexicon as far as the playoffs are concerned for the last six seasons. Dynasties are built on culture. But we don't have we, our coaches sitting up the reshuffling core values. See, that's the problem. See that. See, see, you're uncomfortable with the the reshuffling of the core values. Yes, I and am. And tripling down. Yes, of now, course I'm I not am. Gonna, listen, I'm not gonna lie. When when I heard tripling down, <laughs> I was like, for real? Like, <laughs> no. you know what I mean? Because the first but, part of being smart is knowing what to do. And I like Coach Sirianni. I like him, but. Y'all need to put, quit putting that man at the podium and let him speak for long as y'all let him speak, though. Seriously. I, it like, should be like the Oscars. They, they play music listen, to get him off there. Because, listen, I, 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 know, I know this. I speak it every day. Sometimes less is more. Just get up there, stick to the script, and get off the damn podium. I don't give a shit. Because you start. Like, you're, you're, you're answering questions. And talking about stuff ain't nobody asked you, dog. Yeah, like, no, don't do that. I, don't I do know. that. Just, just, just stick to the script. Say what you got to say and keep it moving. 215-592-9494. Let's get back to the phone lines here, and then we'll let you hear what Howie said about the decisions last year they made. And I, th- I thought it was a, a moment of accountability yesterday for Howie, kind of realizing he did make some mistakes last offseason, letting some guys go. Black Gritty is up next on WFP. Hey, Black Gritty. One of the worst Black History Months of my life. It's been like five times. I've had to agree with Joe because you just keep over here doing what Hugh be doing. Hugh, you act like a 17-year-old. You talk like an 88-year-old, okay? Come tell me about playing these young guys. Play the young guys, Black Gritty. And and you know what's going to happen? And the reality of the world is you're going to draft guys. And maybe you consolidate some. You go get better players, hopefully. But the guy has shown no potential to have good uh, draft picks, okay? Then he's going to go out there and spend the money. And hopefully he gets guys that can fill him because there's going to be injuries and things. So we're going to do both of those things. But how he's much better at one thing than he is the other. He needs to get better at the other, man. if If the guys are better and they're younger, they're going to fight their way on the field. And we also know that how he likes to play these young guys over other guys anyway. He forces them out of the field because he did draft them. So you know those young guys are going to get a chance. But if they suck you, they suck. And I'm sick and tired of uh, you guys should take the lexicon out of Kansas City Chiefs out of your mouth. Andy Reid, forget Patrick word. Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is making $550 million. He's making two times as much as every other quarterback you think's got a lot of money, all right? He's twice as better. Take him out of the equation. Andy Reid and, and, and Spags are teaching philosophy. Nick Sirianni is learning hooked on phonics right now, okay? <laughs> that's the difference. See, that's the but every time you say them, every time you bring their name up, we sound so stupid because we're not in the same echelon we're not in the same class we're not in the same space it's not in the same conversation so tell me what their culture is guess what my culture is snitching all right at least aj brown came up here and called in like a man and said what he said to everybody's face you want to go on the internet go talk to reporters and not put your name on it you don't want to put your name on it shut up i don't care what you got to say because that means you want a man up to stay in the locker room and help fix the problem at the time so right now i got high school harry Learning hooked on phonics, and y'all out here talking about Andy Reid the Chief. He needs to go out there and spend every single nickel in their dime and hit on some draft picks finally to get something together. I can't stand it, Hugh. You, Hugh, you, Hugh, get yourself together. All right, we got to do both. But I mean, these young dudes got to show they can play. 
That's right. Black no, they, Gritty. They gotta get. They have to have an opportunity. Black Gritty. They do. They, they do. have to as have backups. an opportunity. Yeah, they could have a wonderful you know, opportunity as backups. See, Joe, Rotational Joe, players. See, and this is the problem. When you start bringing in high, high, high end free agents like big name free agents, they're not gonna get a chance to play. I, that's. I want to win games. This isn't a scholarship. And you can win games. And, 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 by, and by the way, the thing is too. Let's not talk about a reality team. Let's look at the Texans, a four win team that went semi deep in the playoffs. They drafted young guys. They had some vets come in, and they had a good coach. Yeah, but they got a, they they turned the whole quarter. team around. But they got a young huh? core, though, Black Gritty. They got hey, a young hey, core. Guys, you want the young core? We got a young core. We're about gotta to let, add some more. Got to let them play. Got to let them play, though. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not wasting a season. Black Gritty, good phone call. How about that? You ruined Black History Month for Black Gritty. <laughs> That's on you. You got to sleep with that, all right? You know what, Black Gritty, I apologize, dog. <laughs> It's been a lot of ruining of Black History Months for a lot of folks, but I never thought that I would be the guy I know. to do that. that <laughs> I, mean, know that, I mean, that hit. I mean, that, that really hit right there. 215-592-9494. Howie Roseman yesterday spoke about, it sounded to me at least, like a little regret for the way they handled last offseason. Remember, they let a lot of their best defensive players go. They didn't want to pay them. They went towards the offensive side. They let the defenders go, and we know what happened this year. Here's Howie yesterday on some of the decisions from last offseason. Yeah, I, I think that, again, I think going back to the question, I think you, you want to improve every area, every layer of your team. Um, certainly, I think when we look back at last offseason, we made a conscious decision to kind of put a little bit more resources onto the offensive side, knew, knew that we'd lose some good players on defense. I think looking back, you know, certainly missed some of those guys. You know, that starts with me and, and making those decisions. And so uh, I don't think there's an area that, you know, we wouldn't, you know, be open to addressing. Now, if you look at our defense and you're just kind of honest with it, well, we have a lot of young players at defense tackle, right? So is is that as big a priority as other areas, just being honest? Probably not, but that's also an important position. So we're also not going to be in a position where we're going to turn down a guy because the resources are already there because we believe in the D-line so much. And that's fine. I'm not, and of all the positions on the defense that are young, Jalen Carter's the best one, right? He's yeah. the one I think we'd all say, all right, you, you just let him play. You don't have to... He's a starter. He might be a superstar as time goes on. Everybody else, though, from Jordan Davis to Nicobe Dean to Reed Blankenship to Eli Ricks to Keely Ringo, they're all maybes. I can't do another year of maybes. Jordan can't Davis started it. out good, man. He just got fat. I mean, let's just call it what it is. I don't. I, and but can you count on him to be well, in shape and and the kind of play they draft him to be a star? He hasn't yeah, he been did. a star yet. And he he had star potential at the beginning of the year. Then he got fat. He needs to. That's where the culture comes in for me. Because if you know, now that you know Jordan Davis has an issue with his weight as the season progresses, then you need to put him on a program where he needs to be fined a significant amount of money that he feels it, you know, when he, when he comes in overweight. And you need to police him a little bit. Sometimes you have to do that with certain players. Mm-hmm. You have to police them, sure. especially – when you see the potential in them, you got to protect them from themselves until they learn how to do it on their own. And I'm not discounting that these guys could become something. I, I'm not saying today that all these guys I just mentioned won't become good players. They you just they, don't feel like like taking the chance to see to it, figure it out. That's right, and that's and, why we got Coach Fangio here. I think he's going to be the guy. And well, he, so here's what I want. And when the last season ended, I, I felt two things: one, they were poorly coached, and two, on poorly, defense, like they were horrendous. They didn't have enough good players. They're now they, – they fixed the coaching stuff, at least with the coordinators, right? Mm-hmm. Kellen Moore's accomplished. Fangio's very accomplished. And on offense, I think we think they have enough good players. Yeah. Defense, I don't think they do. I got to go spend money this offseason. I'm going all in to spend on defense. Ryan is up next on WIP. Hey, Ryan. How's it going, Joe? Morning, Hugh. What's up, Ryan? Hey, so I'm, I'm going to touch base. We got we to gotta find a happy medium again. 
I like I love Hugh's point about playing the young guys because that's that has longevity in it. But personally, I don't think there's longevity in this coaching staff. You look at Andy Reid, you know, he, that's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. They're they have been established since Mahomes has got there. You know, Jalen Hurts, he's a great quarterback. Nothing on him. I love Jalen, but Sirianni, I don't think, is a longevity head coach. He doesn't. His offense has not been proven to be the offense that we need. So it's it's kind of hard to have. It's kind of hard to decide whether we should go all in or start the young guys. But I think there needs to be a happy medium in it. Well, and it starts, you know, just the way the operations go, right, Ryan? The order is free agency comes first, then the draft. So, like, th- they got to decide in the next two weeks, Hugh, if they're – because, you know, these guys will fly off the board. We'll do a Birdstown Hall on March 13th. By the time we get to that weekend, like, the top 50 free agents, most of them will sign somewhere. So yeah, they got to make quick decisions yeah, what they want to do. they're going to be deals that are going to be made, like, as soon as free agency starts, yep. like, before free agency starts. They're going to be deals, backdoor deals and negotiations and things of that nature. So, yeah, they need to they – need to, identify what they're going to do, and try to do that quickly as possible. Yeah, and Ryan, your point on Jalen, I, I think we all expect Jalen to bounce back next year and be better. It's that other side of the ball. That, that's where they got a lot of work to do. That defense just was ter- 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 horrendous last year. I like horrendous. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was going to say terrible, and then it was horrendous. <laughs> yeah, I like a horrendous. legit threat. Of me. It was a, a, a horrendous defense. Threat. It was horrendous. I, I, like mean, I mean that. Better. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, obviously our defense is terrible. We need some kind of I think we can get one more older corner. I love the idea of uh, the, the one from Kansas City, Sneed. I want him to come over and show him kind of our young guys the ways. That way our young guys can have longevity in it. Because we, we have a few young corners, you know, our, our defense is young. I love Sidney Brown. I think he's going to come back from that injury and he's going to play good ball. He seems like he has a heart for football. And he's got tremendous athletic ability. That that uh, interception return he had against the Cardinals was ridiculous. I yeah. mean, that was like it was amazing. He was shot out of a cannon. It was wild, man. Ryan, we appreciate the phone call. I wonder what his timeline is. He got hurt. Was that the game he got hurt? Or the next week at the Giants? I think he got hurt the last regular season game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, Sidney Jones. I know guys come back faster, but I don't know if we could expect him to start the season. He got hurt in the last game of the regular season. That might be kind of tough. Yeah, but that that's what I'm talking about. Like I, I look at it like. You could go into this season. Say, for instance, if I think everything is fluid. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go out and you you start the young guys like right away because I, I feel like with Coach Fangio being here, he's probably want, going to want to give the the older guys an opportunity to put some on film. So when they do, if they do decide to move on from them, that they'll have that opportunity. But I'm I'm gonna let the young guys get a lot of burn. And I want to see, like, going into this season, I think the most important thing to do is defensively is, number one, find out who's willing to do what I ask you to do on that side of the ball. That's the first day, Joe, because I feel like watching these games, not being in the meetings or anything, there was a lot of times guys like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, it, it felt like that. Like, for whatever reason, it just felt like they weren't all in, especially when it comes to that corner, corners on run support. There was no run support from the corner position this year. None. No, and you have to yeah. and when you watch the playoffs, mm-hmm. that was the one thing that jumped out to me immediately is how these corners Especially Kansas City. Man, like we have to in order to get back to where we want to be, that's what we have to have from that position. And 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 it's already been proven and shown that the guys that we have they're not doing that. Yeah, so our dream of Legereus Sneed took a little hit yesterday. So the Chiefs are going to tag him. So yeah. that would mean – now, it did say that 
the report said they're open to a trade. I don't know if they think they could re-sign him, but they don't want to lose him for nothing. Yeah. But a team's going to have to give up. Is a it, lot. Is a tag – I forget. Is a tag a negotiation gotta, or is that a, a – a, a, like you have to give well, a first-round pick? I think he so, still has to sign it. He has to sign the tag. But I, is it like a simple – you trade a two or a one and you get him, or is it a negotiation of a trade? I forget how that works with the I'm tag. Sure. Can't they still cut him before a certain date in, like, July? They could, but then so, they get nothing back. Well, right, but here's the thing. Like, if their priority is Chris Jones, that puts Snead on the back burner a little bit. If they find out that they can't really afford to keep Snead, whether it's on the tag or, or whatever, I think the tag's like $19 million. For corner? Yeah, and then it's like what team out there knowing – what situation the Chiefs are in is going to give up high capital for a guy that may end up getting cut post July anyway? Shouldn't you just wait it out? Right. So there's the there's the uh, transition. T- there's two different tags. Right. There's transition tag, and then mm-hmm. there's this, the uh, the franchise tag. It's going to make it harder. I mean, the Eagles would have to give up a draft yes. pick and sign him to a contract. It just it makes the whole thing harder. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Jeff and Wilmington. What's up, Jeff? Can I rant here? I don't normally do this. Uh, Jeff, the floor is yours, Jeff. Go, go for it. All right, Hallie, if you want to make the team better, first thing you need to do is get rid of that head coach. One, you can't draft. You're good at um, signing uh, free agents. But your head coach is a moron. The next time I hear Nick Sirianni in that press conference and playing on this station, they ought to be playing the culture clubs. Do you really want to hurt me in the background? That was the worst 15 minutes of radio or of anything broadcast ever. It's ridiculous. And – Sign whoever you got to sign. I don't want to be waiting for. We've been waiting way too long. We've only had one championship in the last fifty years or whatever it is. I don't want to be waiting on these young guys that you can't draft. So how do you know they're even any good? You don't know. I mean, Jeff, that's my thing, and that's why I don't want to waste next season. You know, with five or six first or second or third year players in the field, when I don't know, other than Carter, I mean, Carter showed us enough. I think we could say, all right, that guy, he he's really good. Other than him, I don't know if these other guys are going to be high end starters. I don't know. And we're so far from being compared to Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes. It's it's that shouldn't even that shouldn't even be considered at all. I mean, those guys are so far ahead of us right now. Um, and also, if you're a head coach and you got a defensive coordinator with a pencil in his ear to drop back your best. Uh, pass rusher in coverage multiple times. Why are you allowing that to happen? Why is the general manager allowing the head coach to allow that to happen? It shouldn't be. I mean, and it, the fact that it went on for weeks is ridiculous. Jeff, yeah. man, we always appreciate the phone call. Always do. 215-592-9494. I like that rant there. It was a good rant. All right, speaking of rants, we might have to have one ourselves on the other side because it feels like we're getting closer to uh, a reality of the Hassan Reddick situation. I'm not thrilled with it because I think they need a lot of good players. This guy is a good one. We'll come back and hit the Reddick stuff because Howie and Sirianni spoke on it yesterday. What are we feeling after hearing them talk about Hassan Reddick? 215-592-9494. Where do you stand on all this? Should the Eagles go all in in free agency, spend the extra cap room, or let the young guys play? 215-592-9494. Midday Show on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is the time of year to enjoy life. Stop letting that pain in your joints keep you from doing what you want to do this spring. Hey, everybody, it's Hugh Douglas. Let me tell you about QC Kinetics. Man, I went to QC QC Kinetics a few weeks ago because my knees and my elbows and stuff were hurting. And, man, they gave me these treatments that make me feel so much better. It's so much better that I get up every morning and I get my run in, and it doesn't hurt. That's the biggest thing that I'm talking about, people. The pain is gone. I'm talking lasting joint pain relief. 
You know, when we get older, those joints start to aching real bad. And you know, also know that this QC Kinetics thing, I didn't know this, but pro athletes have been doing this for years. But now this life-changing treatment is available for you. This is not a Band-Aid that I'm talking about, folks. This is a revolutionary treatment that can get you back in the game. So if you like to walk, run, or do all those things, like play golf. Golf is big right about now. You need to go see my guys at QC Kinetics. Your body has what it needs to restore and repair itself, and QC Kinetics can make that happen for you. That's no drugs, no surgery, no downtime. Hundreds of board-certified QC Kinetic providers have treated a ton of satisfied patients all over America. And if you get on the phone with them today, you can be one of them. Hip pain, back pain, any pain associated with an arthritis or injury, get my folks at QC Kinetics a call. The number is 215-999-3000. That's 215-999-3000. One more time, 215-999-3000. QC Kinetics. Give what? Well, I'd say this, uh, Hassan, obviously, unbelievable player for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, local kid, great success story. Camden, Temple, Philly. Um, love having Hassan. I think that you know anything that you're trying to do, um, you're trying to blend, obviously, what you're trying to do this year and, and how you're going to look in the future. And I think that's the hardest job. But um, certainly, you know, don't want to get into any specifics with any conversations with players, but have tremendous respect for the player and the person. Howie Roseman yesterday on Hassan Reddick. Welcome back to the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio. Should the Eagles go all in in free agency? I think they should here with extra cap space, a lot of holes to fill on defense, and trying to continue to a, a window try to win a championship Hugh says no they got to go young you let the young guys play but Hugh one of the guys that's already here that might not be here Hassan Reddick so there was Howie yesterday first question about Reddick and listen to his answer on this because this was really telling to me Asked what's the best case scenario on the Reddick thing here's how Howie responded I think honest communication is the best case scenario with all your players and understanding um where you stand and not having not being afraid to have open doors of communication and hearing where they feel and where we feel when the question is what's the best case scenario and you don't say Hassan Reddick in an Eagles uniform getting a bunch of sacks, my eyebrow is raised. What's going on here? Well, this is the fluid situation. They're, they're trying to, to hammer out something, but it doesn't sound like it's going well. That's, that's kind of what I got from it because you're trying to be respectful to the position of he's not, you know, he's not, a, he's not happy right now. I guess that's the best way to describe it, and you're still trying to communicate it and it's not you're, – you're still you're still off yeah, a little it, bit. My gut feeling after listening to Howie yesterday is he's not going to be here. I, I, I've not. kind of felt this. We, you and I have agreed on this year that it feels like this is trending in a way that he's not going to be on this team because it struck me yesterday that n- neither he nor Sirianni, when asked about it, they could have said one very sim- – it's a fact they could have said. They could have said Hassan is under contract, which he is. Like It's not like he's a free agent. They don't have to do anything. Obviously, you know he could hold out and all that. But neither of them said, well, Hassan's an eagle. He's under contract. We're looking forward to having him on the team. That wasn't what anybody said yesterday. No, and because I, I think that I think there's a lot in play here. Like, one thing that a defensive coordinator does when he, when he gets here is he looks at all the film. So it could be a situation, I'm speculating here. That, that's what we do in the show. We speculate. Yes, we do. We speculate a lot. Careful Speculating, <laughs> speculating that uh, maybe Coach Fangio's looking at it and say, hey, if he's here, it's great, but if he's not, I'm okay with that too. Might be one of those situations. Yeah, and he could be leaving this one up to Howie Roseman and how he wants to maneuver the cap. Do they want to give him a new contract? 215-592-9494. Gut feeling right now after yesterday, after the past couple of weeks, obviously this all started, what, Super Bowl Sunday, I think, when we got the first report that Reddick was allowed to seek a trade. 
I don't think he's coming back here. I, I, that struck Kyle. I just was surprised that neither of them said, "Hey, he's under contract." Like best case scenario, wouldn't the answer be Hassan Reddick helps us win football games next year? He's an eagle. Yeah, but uh, so I guess I got a little bit of a different read on it than you guys. It, f- it sounded to me more like just standard GM speak posturing. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much leverage there is to be lost. But if you like, if you put that out there, one, you're going to make yourself look like an idiot if you do have to end up trading him and he doesn't want to be back, right? Like, so you almost have to, like, you can't be too giddy or too, like, desperate publicly about retaining Hassan Reddick. I, I just, I, I didn't really get a takeaway that it was either good or bad what Howie was saying there. I think those were kind of the answers that he was, he had to give in that, in that situation. Like, he can't say that we're feeling uh, closer to making a deal or we're feeling further from making a deal. Like, yeah, I don't think you can really ever put that out there as a general manager. So uh, I guess the meter didn't really move for me one way or the other, hearing him talk about Hassan Reddick yesterday. And I still think they're going to find a way to make it work. Well, he is. Yeah, Kyle doesn't want to let go of Reddick. I understand that. And if the Eagles' objective is to win the Super Bowl next year, then Reddick's the best option. I mean, like, otherwise they have to replace that position too. Right. Unless, you know, we're going with the Hugh Douglas plan of playing all the young guys. and Nolan, play the young guys. Nolan Smith gets all the snaps next He's year. He's an idiot. <laughs> that filler tech. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, I've been a that one was person. strong. That, that, one, that one hit a little bit. All right, 215-592-9494. All in on free agency. Or do you want to go the Hugh Douglas route? No, uh, no, he's an idiot needed there. Go young. <laughs> You're not the only one. I just think most people are in the camp of spend that money, Howie. I'm not worried about young and draft picks. I'm worried about putting the best towel on the field. Will in the Northeast. What's up, Will? Good morning, gentlemen. What's Good up, morning, man? Will. All right, man. Listen, when I was listening to Seriani's speech yesterday, right, the only thing I could think about is sitting at a, at a blackjack table. <laughs> Double down, triple down. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. You got to come better than that. And my thing is, one thing I can say, if there's no leadership or, or, or you know, if, if you don't have no leadership in the locker room and no no structure, how do you expect us to get better? You can't talk. I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody how to talk. But as far as getting these men ready, motivating them for the next season, which is going to be one of the hardest seasons that we played since we've been together. It's going to be a tough year. And that's what they need to start getting these guys ready for, mentally first. Physically, that comes next. But the whole thing is, even with, um, with, with the, man, when you look at the playoffs, right, you had a lot of teams in the playoffs that had all the way strong, powerful runners. And just like with Kansas City, and I wanted to ask you and whoever, do you think Kansas City would have been as good as they was without Plachenko? Yeah, he ran that ball hard. He ran hard, That's, that's what I'm talking about. And that's hard. what we've been missing for the last couple of you gotta seasons. you got to have some balance, man. man. you got to have some balance. Yeah, you got to have balance. But but the whole thing is, without that run, there will be no balance. You know what I'm no, saying? No, that, that's and what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That that balance, and, running running definitely balances everything. Definitely. Right, and, and that's the only thing I'm saying. And the reason why I keep – saying this, man, I really believe that Derrick Henry is the perfect fit for us. I mean, far as the offense. Now, whatever they're going to do on the defense, let them do. But get Derrick Henry here, man. Keep Swift. Them two, light thunder and lightning, man. I see it. And I believe these two is going to be one of the keys. And also, 
um, um, put the twelve personnel in, man. Give give uh Jalen some 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 uh blocking, man. Give him a little bit more time in the pocket. Like start introducing all these things. And stop being one-dimensional. So it's interesting you brought up the 12 personnel thing because Kellen Moore does that more than most coordinators. I think I saw the Chargers were eighth in the NFL last year in, in two tight ends. So we might see – I mean, they could get another tight end. We could see more of that stuff. Will, man, we appreciate the phone call. Will is our official Derek, go get Derek Henry guy. I mean, he's he's on that train. I would probably go take Juan Barkley a little bit. Is that going to be your back? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. There's a lot would, out yeah, there. It was, it's a, man, there's a lot of backs out there. And, and, and you know what's funny? When I'm looking at the list of backs, all their numbers kind of skew the same. You know, you're talking about uh, Saquon Barkley's at the top of the list, Josh Jacob, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard. Like, they all had, like, rushing yards around the same this year. I, it's probably the biggest group of star running backs I've ever seen at the market at the same time. Yeah. Which yeah. which probably will you know lead to their num- their salaries not being as high. It, it may give the Eagles an opportunity to go in and get one of these guys. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Should the Eagles go all in in free agency? Howie yesterday talking about the cap room, talking about the idea of you know he didn't do a good enough job last year. And I I point back to this defense. The offense is mostly in place. They're you know look if Kelsey retires, they're going to have to find a replacement, whether it be guard or center, depending on what they do with Jurgens. That's one thing. They mostly have the offense settled. The defense. Let me ask you this: Hugh, are you comfortable with these? All these guys starting? I want to just. I'm gonna. I kind of wrote down a little list here: Ricks, Ringo, Carter, Davis, Dean, Blankenship. Are you comfortable with all those guys starting? Ricks, Ringo at corner. Why you do it again, Joe? I heard you the first all right, time. I'm, I'm just. Trying. I, I, well, I, I want you to picture. No, because like Blankenship Nicole, at safety. Go ahead. Nicole D is my guy. But I don't know how healthy he's going to be. Now, Ricks and Ringo at corner, I'm okay with that. Okay. Blankenship at safety, probably not. So, All right, so safety you're not totally comfortable but, with. But, see, I'm willing to go into free agency. I don't need to get the highest pay. I don't need to get the top-tier guy. I need to get a guy that's good. Like, I'm, But I'm, I'm going to roll with these young cats. I don't need to get the first name that I see on the list of the top linebackers or the top safeties in the game. I don't need to do that. Or I'm willing to get 
like with that first pick in the draft, one of the linebackers, if if I decide to go that route, which I doubt that they do, or a safety, if which I doubt that they do as well. <laughs> yeah, that's not what they yeah, do. You know what I mean? But but what I'm saying is, I'm willing to go with some young guys that I could groom into being exactly what I want them to be. See, the difference between you and I is when we go to the top 100 list on free agency, you scroll to the bottom. I go well, right I go, to the top. I, I go to the middle. The middle, the probably the middle, because I'm because I'm. I do understand that there's some financial ramifications here. I do. I do. Well, that. of course. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that's interesting about this that wasn't maybe so a couple weeks ago. They have more money than we thought they would. Yeah. The whole NFL does. It's, it, the cap has jumped at a, a bigger rate than I think the whole NFL anticipated. 215-592-9494 to hop in. Should the Eagles go all in in free agency? How we yesterday really hinting to the idea of they're going to be smart. They might play the young guys, but he did mention they made mistakes last year. And I think he was talking about letting – established defensive players go. You know, this would be a different story if TJ Edwards was re-signed. It'd be a different story if Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was re-signed, but they made the choices last year to let those guys go. Let's go to OG Wade, who is in Chester. What's up, OG? OG. What's up, what's up, fellas? How we doing today? Hey, OG. What are you thinking? Um, I'm with with you on this one, man. Um, I believe, this is what I believe, uh, Jay. The last two years, right, we've had luxury picks. We had no real need. You know what I'm saying? We were successful. Mm-hmm. So how we made those picks with in Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, uh, Nolan Smith, you know what I'm saying? So now you don't you don't go into drafts picking these guys and then don't give them opportunities to play. The reason why you draft guys first round, second round, is to play them. So now that you've actually, you know, kind of went into your, your, your bank, meaning you had a bad season, you got to push those chips forward and call on those luxury things that you was able to put on the show. Now is the time to use them. I understand what you're saying in terms of you want to see guys that it's like you 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 want to see guys that you with your own eyes you seen play with other teams. But what in the position that Howie's in and where we are right now is that we have to go off of like what are we what are these guys projected to do? So in order for you to know if you made good picks and bad picks. You got to let the guys play. I, I don't like people downgrading Howie in terms of a GM in the draft. Howie drafted Jordan Malata, Cam Jurgens, uh, Landon Dickerson, Jalen Hurts, uh, Devonta Smith. We ain't talking about all his hits. We're talking about the misses. I don't know that there's another GM in the NFL right now, and I'm sure there is, that has more players playing on their offensive the defensive side of the ball, as Howie Roseman do here with the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm not saying that he's the best. I'm just saying let's stop acting like he ain't made, he ain't did no right. You know what I'm saying? He's done some things right. We have to, I, I, I believe that if our defense had an identity, if our offense had an identity last year, we would have finished 14-3. and three. The whole reason we sit where we are right now is because Nick Sirianni, and I told Cal this, is going to talk himself out of a job. He did not have to change the damn offense. You already knew you were going to struggle defensively. The one constant thing you had was the offense, and you changed it. That, that hurts, man. That hurts. Well, there was a lot of upheaval, right? Two new coordinators. Things were different. And, and OG, I hear your point on they've got a lot of young guys, and Hughes made the point. they got to figure it out. But, OG, here's what I'll say. If they're linemen, I trust Howie. I trust him, right? Carter, even Davis, Jurgens, Mylotta. He's good at that. He finds linemen. 
But like, OG, it scares me. In the NFC East, CeeDee Lamb, I mean, there's good. the commanders have good receivers, they'll have a new quarterback. If we're mm-hmm. playing these young corners, I mean, if they're bad, it could torpedo the season. I don't know if they could play yet. Well, I think what has to happen at this point, Joe, is that you have to make sure that the front seven is solid. You know what I'm saying? If you can get Nolan Smith to put on about 15 this offseason, which is doable, and you can get Jordan Davis, actually they should switch. Jordan Davis dropped 20, Nolan put on 20. He'll give it to Nolan. Got, He'll just give it to him. Yeah, and you're solid right there. What you have to do is you got to go out. Our, our linebackers was hurt. We getting these guys off the street last year. You know what I mean? So that hurt us tremendously because when you start going to the street and pulling guys off the couch, you really ain't going to be that successful. I mean, you would hope that you could. You're praying that you could. But when you got to go to the to the couches and off the streets because of injuries, that's the biggest thing. So that could have happened with even with CJ and with, uh, um, uh, what's the name, the linebacker we let go to Chicago, they could have got hurt. It yeah. would have been the same thing. Well, I pray it would have been. Yeah, no, they lost a lot of guys. I mean, they did, especially at yeah. linebacker. OG, we appreciate it. So OG brought up there, Hugh, the Nolan Smith thing, putting on a little weight. I think Nolan Smith and what they think of him and what he might be might be the key to this whole thing because they did draft him the first round. Yes. there were. I remember last year when we did our, our daily mock drafts, a lot of days we did that, Hugh, he was mocked to be a top 10 pick. Now, he ended up 30, right? The Eagles took him with a 30th pick, and I think we all felt like they, they kind of got a steal there. How, how ready is Nolan Smith? And only the Eagles know this, Hugh. We don't know, right? We're, just, we're not in the building every day. They're mm-hmm. watching him work out. They're watching him watch film and all that kind of stuff how ready he is to be a guy that can really get after the quarterback is, is a key to everything. Yeah, he needs to be taught, man. And he needs to be willing to be taught. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, I saw flashes, like, of his speed off the corner. Mm-hmm. He got some speed. He just needs to understand spatial awareness. I guess that's the word that I would, I would use in a situation like this. Because a lot of times he would run in that man and he wouldn't use his hands and he would get hurt. Like one play I saw him running in and, and I tweeted out that somebody needs to teach him how to tackle before he hurts himself, which is kind of weird coming from where he came from. But I feel like there's enough there where his, his athleticism will benefit him tremendously, especially when you talk about just letting him come off the corner and, and being able to be aware of what's going on and teaching him the, the uh, intricacies of, of what the offense is trying to do and just letting him be disruptive. I think he can do that. You know, granted, he's going to have to put some other players around him that helps him, uh, allow him to, to be that aggressive. But I think there's something there. But to me, the way that you fix this defense is, number one, you let the young guys play and you teach them. Like, this team was not like, man, I can't stress this enough. I couldn't believe watching what I watched out there from those veteran guys, how disjointed and 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 not coached up that they looked. Like it was ridiculous on a week to week basis. Watching especially you towards the end. Rewatch some of the games in here during our show. It was so similar to during the uh, the playoff game. That was it? I guess it was the Manning cast. Ray Lewis was on, and he had the same reaction you did. Like, what am I watching here? What are these yeah, guys it, doing? It, it, it was man. It was. Cause you know, like, like, it's like a, it's like a a, 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 a ballet, or it's like a line dance, if you will, where certain guys, when you see certain guys move up, you see certain guys move back. I'm talking about secondary players, and then you see the fluidity of guys dropping back into coverage, carrying guys through certain certain parts of the field, and things of that nature. 
and to see guys running around and like, oop, my bad. Like it was, it was like if you could, if I could like had a, a soundtrack of what was being said in that back end, it was a lot of, oh, ish, my bad. Oh, my bad. I missed that one. Circus music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it was bananas. Glad I cleaned it up pretty good. For oh, me. that was, that sounded good. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it was, it was bad, man. It was, it was bad. And that was every week. And then it, it, to add insult to injury to me, when Bradbury came out and was like, "No, well, you know," it just start coming out reports that guys didn't like the game plan. And 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 before that happened, the game plan didn't look that bad to me. Now the defense wasn't that dynamic. I, I give you that, but they looked more co- cohesive in the beginning. But when it started being like Ray Bradbury talking about not Bradbury, Bayard, uh, Bayard. Yeah, Bayard, when he started talking about, hey, I'm going to do my own thing, then that's when the wheels started to fall off the wagon. And guys were open by, I mean, miles. <laughs> mile. Some of those Bucks receivers in the playoff game. Yeah, it was, it was I mean, you could have pulled out any college or high school quarterback. They would have made some of those throws Baker made in that game because the guys were open by 20 yards. It, it was remarkable. 215-592-9494. Spend that money is how the Eagles should approach it. They've got a lot more than we anticipated. There's big-time defensive free agents I understand the idea of a culture and trying to set something up where young guys kind of develop, and that's wonderful. But I need to win football games next year. If the Eagles' goal is to win the Super Bowl, I want to spend to do it this offseason. Anthony is up next on WIPA. Anthony? Hey, what's going on, guy? What's What's up, buddy? What are you thinking today? Hey, man, you know, um, I'm thinking we need to spend that money. Come on. And, and Hugh, you know, in the words of the big fella himself, when it come to playing them young dudes, man, that dog ain't gonna hunt. And you know, <laughs> oh, he took it. He <laughs> used your own line ain't on you. Gonna hunt, and you know that. Come on, Hugh. It's I mean, how, how do we know? Like seriously, though, pay, and I'm gonna let you talk. How do we know that though? All right, well, I give you. you, you I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, so I'll tell you exactly what you get when you don't spend the money. When you have to spend the money on them big dogs and put them in position, and you let the young guys play, what you're going to get is. The 2023 season all over again, but you might not see 11 wins this time around. That's what you're going to get. Anthony, to I, I tend to agree with you on this. I, I think if, <laughs> if they don't do much, if they don't add much in terms of talent, I, I think it's like an eight-win team. I, I think they've got a lot of work to do to get where they want to go. Okay, so the young guys, they are super important, but think about the benefit of going out there, spending that money, and getting some big dogs in here around these guys. They are the guys that's coming from winning cultures and they used to winning championships on top of championships, but they now they're in different waters now. They're in the NFL. So think about the benefit that they would get having those 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 superstars to look at at those practices. You know, Brady sat behind Bledsoe. Terrell Suggs sat and watched Ray Lewis play. You could ask Lane Johnson himself the effect that Jason Peters had on him. So you need them big dogs in the room. So they could did those practices, them, them, them two a day, them things, they, they, those moments that's vital to help them young dudes to really latch on to it is like to get in this NFL and, and, and to win. We got to spend that money because the way the NFL move in the day, the ones that we, you, the people we got to compete with when the season starts to get tight and things start to get, come on, we need some big dogs in there. We, and you know that, you. The big nah, dogs teach the little dogs how to hunt. Nah, how about that? I mean, Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs play two different positions. And to your point about the big dog, how do we know these young cats don't play, can't play if we don't give them a chance to play? And, and I think the one thing that you're missing is this. The guys that we had, like, we, we had no direction on this team. Now, we were devoid of talent, no question about that. But we were also devoid of direction. Now, you, there's a lot of times 
that if you have a, a plan and direction that it can cover up a lot of things that you don't have like athleticism. I think some of these corners, young corners, and, and these young players that we have, I think that they can play because they flashed. Like, Keely Ringo, to me, flashed. Eli Ricks, to me, flashed in times when they did have to play. So what you do is now you nurture, you cultivate, cultivate that. That's just like a teacher, man. When she's teaching a student how to play the violin or, or, or consonant constructor or conductor or whatever, teaching somebody how to play an instrument. You got to nurture that. And you got to show them what to do. I'm imagining now Fangio as a, a conductor. But uh, that's what he is, Joe. Like, like Maestro. Well, that's what Maestro. he is. That's what he is, Joe, because he's going to come in here. Like, I think people tend to forget that we're, we're, we're bringing Coach Fangio in here to do two things. Fix this defense and, and give us an identity mm-hmm. and fix the culture. And I want to help him by giving him good plays. No, that, and we can. Yeah. But – what if we have some good players? Like, I, I can envision Coach Fangio coming in here right now and watching that film and saying, okay, he has something that I can work with, like some intangible. Like, the thing that we tend to forget about football players, like, you got to have athleticism, but you also got to be smart. Of course. And this team smart, wasn't man. smart last year. And it was <laughs> Joe, tell us, say it again. They weren't, they weren't smart. So, I'm like, I need to find out how coachable, number one, how coachable these young guys are. Now, I might be off base as far as some of them might not be coachable, but I think those young – I definitely wholeheartedly believe that those two young corners, I think they're coachable. I, you know what? I, I don't doubt they are, and, and I'm going to coach them to be backups, and I'm going to spend $100 million on another player. All right, 215. <laughs> I did all that, and you still on that. 592, <laughs> 94-94. Right back to the phone lines after the break. Open that wallet. Yes, the Eagles, Howie, Jeff, they should. Or – he wants to play the young Thundercats. Where do you come down? Reaction to what you heard yesterday, plus two things that were said yesterday at the Eagles press conference that I, I so hope that they're lying about. I am hoping to be lied to because this <laughs> better not be. All right, 215-592-949 for Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. ESPN Bet is not live in Pennsylvania. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-board parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. Oh, what a play. Must be 21 plus. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Details. Show. This song's for Howie Roseman. Don't let us down. Go spend that cap space money. 
course, Hugh Douglas as well. It's the Midday Show, 215-592-9494. Coming up at 1.30 today, Elliot Shore Parks. Elliot, by the way, had some big-time questions yesterday. I was very proud of Elliot. Represented the station well. He asked a hard-hitting – actually, I'm not kidding. He had like two or three of the best questions yesterday. I wanted to get some gossip from last night. Well, we got to ask him about when the, that. When the lights. St. Elmo's? Yeah, yeah. when the lights can't. Will they go come off or go on or whatever? Uh, they they dim the lights? Is that yeah, how it dim goes? The light. Yeah, we can say that. Yeah, we'll ask Elliot. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll find a way to ask Elliot what happened last night when the uh, the lights were dimmed in Indianapolis. Elliot how about that D, baby? Later in the show. And uh, today is a special anniversary of Philadelphia Sports. We'll get to that as well. A lot to do. 215-592-9494. I want the Eagles to spend this cap room. I think they need to spend their way on defense to go all in to fix this thing. He wants to play the young guys. And Hassan Reddick, your gut feeling on if he's coming back after yesterday, didn't sound very confident coming from the head coach, the GM. My sense is he is not going to be here next season. Let's go to the phone lines here. 215-592-9494. Mark in Woodbury Heights. Hey, Mark. Joe, how are you? Good, Mark. How you doing? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm doing well. Um, Nick Sirianni. And listen, I don't, I don't want to talk bad about any human being, about a person. He seems like a good guy, good father, uh, family guy. Something's not right here. And from a football perspective, as the head coach of this football team, like, number one, what is he going to do? Like, I know someone asked him that at a press conference. He's going to go into meetings and this and that. But the bottom line with him, in my opinion, when you're getting rattled by fans at a Kansas City Chiefs game and you walk up the tunnel screaming towards the fans where they can't hear you, I just question, like, like is that what you're concentrating on instead of, thinking about what your team did and did not do. You understand where yeah, I'm getting no, at Yeah, it, Mark, like, it, was like, a, it was a bad look, and it was just an immature uh, – it was immature. I, I question his so, maturity. Not, you know, and yeah. I, we want his team to be mature, right? We want the receiver to be mature and the quarterback and all that, and I don't think he's mature. You're 100% right, Joe, and the team mirrors the head coach. It really does. And if you can't handle that type of adversity, look at what happens – you know, in, in that seven-game span, things just spiraled out of control. And at the end of the day, why why is he here? Is he here because they're not going to go all in next year and he could be the fall guy and they don't want to bring in somebody new right now? Like, like is Kellen Moore the, the next possible head coach down the road or, or Fangio? I, I, just, I, don't, I just don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what is so appealing about Nick Sirianni? I don't know, Mark. I, I when they lost six out of seven and the way the playoff game ended, I expected him to be gone. I'm still surprised that he's here. I, I Hugh, I don't know, but you know, Mark just brought up the idea of of Kellen Moore. It, Hugh, it wouldn't shock me if Moore is the next head coach. It just feels like it's probably trending in that direction, especially when you start getting questions asked of you about, you know, basically what do you do? <laughs> what do you on this do team? around here? And, and, you know, you're talking about you're going to infuse or or merge your offensive philosophy with his and things of that nature. I don't know. It, it's, it's tough to say. I think the players had a lot to say about him being here, and that's probably one of the main reasons why he's still here. I think he has a, lo- a lot of love yeah, and adulation in that locker room. Can I ask you a question, though, Hugh? And you, you played for Andy Reid, and you played for some other coaches. Um, I mean, did Andy Reid ever get on your nerves? 
Did, did he ever bother you where, where maybe there wasn't a love fest? Like, like is, does it have to be a love fest with the players and the coach? Like, is that the way it has to be today? It like, feels like, like that. Like, it feels like, to your point, yeah, I, I've why? heard. Because that's the way the NFL is skewing. I've heard rumors. Like, do you I, agree I, with that, Hugh? Do I agree with it? It's a different time. I mean, it, it, put it like this. If you're asking me would I would be a part of that, probably not. Because I, but I was, I'm from a different era. But it feels yeah, like but- a, a lot of times that guys have more pool. This, the NFL, to me, let me ask it for you like this, Mark. NFL is starting to feel like the NBA as far as the ability, the ability to get coaches hired and fired. Especially at, the quarterback. The quarterback is like the NBA yes. superstar. Yeah, it feels, it feels like that, especially when you have players that have a lot of pool. It feels like they have the ability nowadays, which they didn't when I played, to have pe- certain people fired and, and, and have other guys keep their jobs. So, so what you're saying is, to a certain degree, these guys need to be coddled. Yes. And they need some sad, yes man. That's sad. You know why? Football's a violent sport. Yes, it is. You, you got to have the makeup to kick someone's ass every play. And it's and, and I agree with you. The, the, the coddling, is that why Nick Sirianni's here? To coddle these guys so that, you know, there's a love fest. I love my coach. This, that. You know, and I don't want to go back 40, 50 years, Chuck Knoll and the Lombardis and the Shulas. Guys that were respected Hall of Fame coaches, it just that never happened. Well, even go to Belichick, Mark. I mean, that and that's not that long ago, but his heyday, you know, ten to twenty years ago, he didn't do it either, Mark. I I agree with you. I, I it doesn't make sense to me, Mark. We always appreciate the phone call. Speaking of this, it's kind of interesting. This this came out today as Mark made that phone call about why Sirianni's still here. So the NFL Player Association they do they do team report cards, right? The players vote on certain things or they give a grade to certain things. And I, I'm I'm sure this is done anonymously. And then they kind of tally them up, mm-hmm. right? So so here are the categories: treatment of facilities, food, cafeteria, nutritionist, dietitian, locker room, training staff, uh, weight room, strength coaches, team travel, head coach, ownership, and then they kind of average it out. Sirianni got an A. From the Eagles. Now, these Eagles players voting. Now, I don't know if they're voting on his acumen or are they voting on his likability. I don't know why they gave him an A, but they gave him an A. So Mark asked the question why he's still here. I think that's part of it. The players seem to like him. I'm not. You notice I'm not using the word like they think he's a genius, but they like him. Yeah. And the other thing I wonder is, and I think Marcus Hayes wrote this in a column uh, after the Eagles kept Sirianni. Jeff Flurry a couple years ago said this guy's going to be a really good coach. I wonder... Sometimes when when powerful people make decisions, they don't want to admit they they're don't want wrong. to be wrong. They don't, or they don't want to admit they're wrong before they have to. Like you say, ah, I thought this two years ago. I'm not going to give up on that first instinct I had. Now maybe it would have been better to just say I made a mistake, but he didn't. He didn't do that. Yeah, and and I think part of it is too that, like, this place has been ran like a country club. You know, so like, it's easy to like the guy in charge. I mean, yeah, you if you know what potentially is going to happen, the thing that that jumps out to me, especially last year in the NFL, two two stories, the one coming out of Miami with the Vic Fangio and the players not liking him because they didn't like his coaching style, mm-hmm. and the fact that you had some 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 significant agents coming out saying that a lot of guys that that he was associated with didn't like his coaching style. Now. That that's one that that jumped out to me, and another one was the one where, when Coach Bieniemy went to the Commodores, and the Commodores were complaining about 
their practices. The last time I checked, Commodores ain't been to the playoffs in a long-ass time. <laughs> well, I think they went during the pan, uh, pandemic year, but that's the only one I could think of for a while. So about five or six years commanders. now. Yeah, five or six years ago. Once in the last seven or eight years, I believe. Yeah, and, and, and they haven't been significant. In a long ass time, oh, that, that's thirty fair to years, say. Yeah. yeah, significant. So you get a coach, offense coordinator that's fresh off, fresh off winning the Super Bowl, and you crying about practice like that blew my mind. But again, like I said, it's a different time, different time, different era. Guys are different, and and that's why when you ask me, I don't, I never want to be that old dude to talk about. Well, back in my day when I went to school, walking twenty miles to school. Like, you don't want to be that guy. Uphill both ways? Yeah, uphill. In the snow? Yeah. You don't want to be that guy, but you also have to acknowledge that things are different. And you have to adjust and adapt to the times, man. Well, I also do wonder. I mean, we always look for separators, right? Every team has talent. Every team has high draft picks. I wonder if the teams that have more of those guys that are willing to work and not be coddled, maybe those are the teams that are going to win. Yeah, And, and the and teams that have less of those guys are going to lose. It, that, and it feels like that. You know what's also funny? They've put people, like you always have a player representative that, that goes to the PA or whatever. They got a lot of snitches on the PA representative squad now that tell everything. Like, there have been more reports of misconduct, which it should. Like, this is where it gets weird for me because I, I don't recall ever being in a situation during training camps or whatever. We had some hard-ass training camps where anybody ever told on coach for oh, the like training camp. Oh, like if you go over the practice limitations <laughs> yeah. or pads on a certain like, day. Yeah. Oh, like, don't run and tell now. Man, listen. Them cats go back and tell in a heartbeat. Oh, he had too many practices. He coach put the pads on us too much, dude. You trying to win football games? I, I get well, it. yeah, that yeah. you know. I, well, I hope that's the, the full objective. But yeah, those they don't that doesn't different, fly anymore. It's different now, man. It does. All right, let's go to Terrence in Springfield. What's up, Terrence? Yo, Joe, Kyle, what's up, man? <laughs> what's up, hey, man? Terrence. Here's the thing, man. What does Nick Sirianni do? Like. Is it this core value stuff he's talking about is getting real old and real stale. Like, did the offense have core values on the field? Did the defense have core values on defense on the field? No. It feels like to me the reason he's back is because I feel like Jeffrey Lurie is trying to show loyalty to Sirianni because he had that Super Bowl run. And I hope he's making the right choice because this could, the fans can turn on this team quickly and the organization quickly – if we have a a horrible season next year, this, this thing can go haywire. And for this guy to be sitting up in a press conference saying he's going to merge offenses, did your offense work last year, Sirianni? No. So what are you going to merge your offense with Kellen Moore's offense who is more successful than yours? Does that make sense? No. It does not. Yeah, that Terrence. Burned, that burned a lot of people business. Yeah, of course now. it did. Well, you know, it reminded me, Terrence, a little bit of in 2020 when the Eagles brought in Marty Morningweg and, uh, yeah. and Scangarello, and they talked about meshing all the different concepts. And then I watched it play out in the fall, and it was uh, garbage. It, it was garbage. And, like, Sirianni, he has, he has a say in this, but so does Howie. And I feel like Howie has to open up that checkbook, but I also feel like this guy has to get better at drafting. This, that is not Howie's strong suit. That little, that little Georgia Bulldogs crap he pulled off last year that everyone was happy about made me sick. This year, we have to get some good free agents in here, like um, Patrick McQueen, bring CJ back, something like that. But we got to get some good – we got to hit some draft picks instead of letting these draft picks go to other teams that we missed on in the draft. 
Uh, well, they do, and they need to spend the money here. They need to spend that money. Terrence, we appreciate the phone call. We got a Reddit update here. We'll get to in a second. I just want to point out, though, uh, you know how we um, we talk about kind of grading on a curve. Sometimes yesterday we mentioned how every team has more cap room. Yeah. So um, this was just put out like all the coaches what they got. Here's my takeaway because I I can see the grades now for every NFL head coach. So Sirianni, according to the Eagles, they voted him an A. Okay, Sirianni got an A. Hugh, most players seem to just give their coach a high grade. So of the 32 coaches, 19 of them got A plus, A, or A minus. And it's, it, it's, it has no reflection on your team's record. Let me just give you an example. Frank Reich got an A minus. Frank Reich was fired midseason. Jonathan Gannon got an A minus. Now, he might be a good head coach. Well, John, I think he actually did a pretty good job with not much there so in Arizona. So gra- these grades are fugazi. Well, th- I think. It's not about your acumen or your ability. That's what I, that's my takeaway. By the way, um, Bill Belichick, and I know they had a bad year last year. Bill Belichick got one of the bottom grades in terms of coaching. Maybe they didn't like him, right? Maybe they just they're tired they of. They probably were being honest. Yeah, like they probably realized what they were grade, like they, who they were grade. But he's not a dumb like Jonathan Gannon got a higher grade than Bill Belichick. This strikes well, me as a pop, a little bit of a popularity contest. Also, only three coaches in the entire league got a C. Or D? Can you guys guess them? Through only three teams voted their coach C or D in the. Well, you already told us one Belichick, right? No, no, he was in the B's. Josh McDaniels, Arthur Smith. Josh McDaniels was the worst graded coach, a D. Arthur Smith, C plus, the third worst graded coach, and Ron Rivera who got the only C. So only Arthur Smith, Ron Rivera, Josh McDaniels got anything below a B. Most players are just going to vote a nice grade for their coach. That that's my thing. Well, I mean, kind of sound like. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's a popularity contest. I feel like Belichick on name recognition alone, if it, that were the case, would get. But what a I mean is, grade. like, maybe they don't like his personality. Well, yeah, or maybe he just didn't do a good job last season. He's well, not that great of a coach anymore. So, so John Harbaugh got a B plus. Hmm. Frank Reich got an A minus. I, like, I, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> John Harbaugh had the best team in the NFL in terms of the regular season. Uh, it's. It's it's not a bad thing the Eagles players voted him an A. Maybe we're too hard sometimes on Sirianni. They like him, obviously. I'm just like, that doesn't mean anything you, to me. Can I can I can I just like give my two cents about yeah. the whole Sirianni thing? I think is people listen to what he says and it it's starting to be a little bit redundant and ridiculous. Because to me, like I like Coach Sirianni. Let me say this first. But when he hit me with triple down on the core values. We doubled down on them last year, didn't we? But this year we're going to triple down. No, but, but my point is they doubled down and it didn't work. So, oh, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and triple down. It's like them. that guy you know at the blackjack table. <laughs> you know what? Let's go it again. So, and I get like, this is why I couldn't be a head coach. Because, you know, you sit there and the longer y'all had me up there, the more I'm going to start stuttering. <laughs> the more I'm going to start, like, just get in there, get my message across, and get off. Get leave. Those, That's that, it. That, you those, know what I mean, they, Kyle? Those, those, hey. Our drop board, if you were the head coach, would be filled. Kyle, what's the update here on Hassan Reddick? What do we got? It. According to Justina Anderson, who I believe is at the scouting combine, mm-hmm. she says, I'm told several teams have expressed interest in trading for Eagles linebacker Hassan Reddick per source. So I'm not surprised. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. well, you knew that. That's why they said probably said what they said yesterday, because they know this is about to get ugly. <laughs> so real. Jeff McLean and his piece today, he's obviously out there too. And I, I look, it's not just for GMs; it's for reporters too to kind of gain information. He wrote this morning. Uh, he wonders if the Eagles, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the exact quote, but the paraphrasing the idea of would they take a pair of second day picks? So what does that mean? A two and a three, a pair of second day picks? 
Mm. Day two picks is the way you kind of phrase it with the draft. A two and a three is not a bad compensation for Hassan Reddick. No, that's, that's <laughs> no, it's ain't not. That kinda, ain't talking that about. It's not a, for the player he is at 30 years old. That's not a bad compensation. What gives the Eagles a better? So first of all, you're Mr. Open the Wallet, spend the money. I, I what do you think gives the Eagles it. a better chance of winning the Super Bowl next year? A second and third round pick Reddick. or Hassan Reddick? Reddick. Okay. I'm just saying, but if, if you're going to be open to trading him, that sounds like good compensation. Like I don't think they're getting a one. No, they're not getting a one, Kyle. Oh, uh, okay, uh, then. Then you don't trade him. Well, it's, then why? It's pretty the GM simple. Didn't say yesterday he's under contract because he look because they're, they're in they're the process play. of allowing him to seek a trade. He can't. But he can't. He's but, under contract. Oh, These oh, are facts. Okay, but like you can't. How we can't go up there to the podium and be like, oh, like we're praying that Son Reddick's going. No, we're going to find a way to work this out. Like that's just not what GMs do. You're asking for something that's. That's just not going to happen. Kyle, they ain't figured it out yet. <laughs> they, I mean, I mean, they have not figured it out. Kyle, Kyle getting mad at us for, for reporting. <laughs> we were talking about flipping our best defensive player for a second and third round pick willy-nilly and acting like that's a good – it's good compensation in terms of what the market is dictating. That's what I'm saying. But that's not what the Eagles need or want or should want. It's a bad trade. Well, I I want to keep him. I'm trying to bring in more good players. I'm not trying to go with all the young guys like Mr. Scout Hugh Douglas over here. Then then they need to stand pat and say a two and a three is not good enough. Area Scout Hugh Douglas. But see now now you're just being you're just being spiteful and not letting the man leave. No, no, I'm being I'm doing what's in best interest of the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, if I honestly don't care about what Hassan Reddick wants, he's under contract. Bring him back. Let's grab a phone call here while we all scoring lover. We all calm down. Kyle is going to be scoring if they. Trading for a two and a three. Tom's an Aston. What's up, Tom? Hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> What's up, Good, Tom? Tom. What's up? Uh, so this is my second time calling you guys' show. Uh, the job I have now, I drive between projects, so I find it more and more that uh, you guys are talking the subjects I need to call in. So uh, All right. well, that's you guys keep up the great work. Well, uh, Tom, we appreciate you being part of the show. What are you thinking today? Um, a couple things. Uh, Hugh, I do resonate with the term Thundercats. Uh, I think we're about the same age, and when you say it, I think of the Thundercats, the show in my youth I watched. Yes. So I believe you are right. We do need to play them. I think last year with our defensive coordinators and all, we did not have the talent to mentor them. And then they had the work ethic to do it. And the team itself, back to Sirianni, which I'm jumping back and forth, they reflected his personality, right? Mm -hmm. That's how they performed because they reflected his personality. It's the teams that are successful reflect the coach's personality, and they're the ones who are in the playoffs the longest and the ones that won. So I believe with this change with the defensive coordinator will help with the young Thundercats, but I also believe they do need to make some moves, spend some of that money. That way you can integrate them and they can learn from better players. Yeah, I'm, I, me and you on the same page. Like, But, see, Joe – Mister, I want to spend all my money on the on the highest price creators out there. I want to win. But that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to spend my money. No, on and the I get it, Tom. Creators, I, I get both you and we appreciate your focus. I get the point you're making there. And and if you you have a culture, you have a, a sustainable model. It's great. The Eagles haven't shown that. How yeah, Howie has not that shown going. that. They got to get that. Well, going. or we can win a Super Bowl, and then we'll figure the rest out. All right. Let's. We never like to be lied to. No one likes to be lied to. But I actually am hoping that two things we heard yesterday were flat out lies. Can we start with the uh, what Howie said yesterday about one of the veterans on this team, a guy who didn't play well last year? Here's Howie on James Bradbury 
and his role in this team. We kind of knew we needed some depth there. We gave some guys opportunities to do it. You know, I got to do a better job of bringing in more guys to be able to play that position. I think that's one area that kind of you felt like in August maybe we, we needed to add, so we tried some guys. But when you look at JB and his history and his success as an outside corner, to ask him to do something, which is really a different position, is hard. And he remains part of your plans? Yeah, he's under contract, part of our plans. Under contract, part of their plans. That's James Bradbury. Let's all hope <laughs> that was a flat-out lie. Let's also hope this was a lie. Sirianni, you know, a month ago was asked, what do you do around here? So I'm not surprised. Yesterday, he tried to kind of spin it that, you know, he and Callum Moore are going to design the offense together. Here's how he framed the offense and how it'll be designed. He's been highly successful, and, and we've been highly successful, and I think that, you know, I'm really looking forward to meshing the things, you know, meshing what he's done really well together with the things that we've done really well. Um, but and and I again, I think it's going to be a really a really good match. Uh, and Kellen's track record speaks for itself. He wants to mesh those offenses, you together. What we did well, what's what uh, Moore did well. What do you think about that? Meshing the offense. So we're gonna put the tush push in to to Coach Moore's. Coach Goober's offense. I uh, like it. I'm okay with that. Let's hope that's the only thing they take from the offense. Well, yeah. Because I can't that, – that's the only staple that they had that was good, to be totally honest. Yeah, I, ju- I just hope that they don't go too far with trying to mesh it. Because a couple years ago, they tried that with a whole bunch of cooks in the kitchen that didn't work. I, I would be fine letting Kellen Moore – Design the offense. Kellen Moore's run a lot of good offenses in the NFL. 215-592-9494. We'll get back to the phone lines here. We'll give you a midweek non-sports take as we do every Wednesday. And, yeah, we'll throw something from the Sixers in here coming up. And Bede's timeline, what Woj said about Joel Embiid, and boy, do the Sixers need him. And I'm starting a countdown. We know we have the Joel countdown, but I'm starting a countdown on my own of something that I just can't wait for. In Philadelphia sports. That's coming up. 215-592-9494. For your calls next on the Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. And let's talk about FanDuel. Bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino every Thursday with TNT Thursdays. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game. NBA same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your chance, uh, your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Look, there's a lot of big games tonight. I will take Minnesota to win big at home. Ever you want to play, just head to fanduel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O to bet the NBA with a no sweat same game parlay with TNT Thursdays. Fanduel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O. A lot of people don't understand that. But if you look at his analytics on him, there's four players in the history of the NBA. Larry Bird, Dirk Nowitzki, Kawhi Leonard, and KD, uh, small forwards I'm talking about, has been a uh, 90, 50, 40 player in the history of the NBA. There's only four. And nobody talks about Tobias. And when I bring it up to them, Oh, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> so my question has always been, nobody can give me an answer. Why is he not utilized in their – why is he not a priority in their offense? 
Uh, one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Oh, you got to ride for your kids, man. Yeah, you do. You also you don't have to lie, but you, you can ride. <laughs> this is a joke, quite frankly. I mean, that, that man literally tried to put Tobias Harris and Larry Bird in the same sentence. L- well, literally. He said, the, he said the name. Yeah, yeah, he put him in the same conversation. Last night, I don't know if Larry Bird ever did this, but last night, Tobias Harris, 30 minutes, 5 of 19 shooting, 2 of 7 from 3, 0 assists, 0 blocks, 0 steals, a minus 20. He he's always been overpaid. That was like a PJ Tucker type situation, yeah. one. But now he's bad. I mean, they got to stop playing him as many minutes as they do. And Hugh, I need to start something. You know that you go into like a a place of business and they have that sign up like it's been so many days since the last accident. Yeah, but it's like a it, it reminds you of the the time, right? They're counting up. I want to count down. We'll count down here, okay? To 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 crumble cookie being out of here. Yeah, he has 123 days left in his contract, and I'm counting every single day down till it's over. I think it's safe to say he probably won't be here. But I, I will say this: I, if I'm not mistaken, his 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 demise started after he came back from injury, and then he was sick, and then it's kind of been just a, a steady spiral. Yeah, he makes 40 he million dollars. Yeah, he might not be right. Yeah, I mean, and I if he's ill, that's one thing. But he's just not a good player. I mean, and the Sixers last night, they lose 117-99 in Boston. They were big underdogs. They cut it to two with, like, in, so late in the second, fourth quarter, like eight minutes ago, they cut it to two. And I was like, maybe, and then it uh, didn't work out. So Sixers lose again last night. It's going to be tough sledding until Joel gets back, if he gets back, or whenever that is. Here's the latest from Woj on Joel Embiid's timeline. Probably about a week away from him getting, uh, from getting an update on a timeline with right. him. But I think there's still optimism in Philly uh, that that we will see Joel Embiid again this season. A week away from an update on a timeline sounds like the most Sixers injury thing ever. He did expound a little he bit uh, and say late March. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's about in line with what we're he's doing. still he's still in the realm of coming back before the play. I mean, he's still oh, yeah. he's still in a sweet spot. So I guess you just have to see how the rehab is going. You know, and how he's responding to to whatever procedure they did on him. Yeah, and the more that he misses, the more likely it is that he's coming back for a play-in. They're going to be in the play-in. Right now, the Sixers are the sixth seed after losing last night, and they're a half game up on the eighth seed. I think it's very realistic that they're going to be in a seven or eight spot when Joel Embiid comes back. Hopefully he can because uh, they really, really struggle with Adam, especially with Tobias playing like this. All right, 215-592-9494. Back to the phones here on all things off of the press conference yesterday. Do you want the Eagles to go all in on free agency? I do. I mean, how he referenced yesterday the idea that, hey, they've got extra money to spend. They're going to bring in good people. But he also mentioned those young players. Hugh wants to play the young guys, Let and I say, Let the young kids play, man. No, no. They could play small roles, m- limited snaps. Go get me some established big-time players on the defensive side. And then Hassan Reddick, do you expect me back? Your gut feeling here. Yesterday, they didn't sound too optimistic. Let's Not go to Ken in Cinnamon. Hey, Ken. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you today? What's up, Ken? Hey, Ken. What's up? <laughs> I like that crumble cookie. You, I, I, I like that. That's a, I hadn't, hadn't heard that before. It's a good nickname. Oh, no, oh my God. He gave it's himself, awful. He gave himself the nickname Crumble Cookie. What did he well, say? Because he, he said casual Sixers tra- fans would trade, trade him. for a Crumble Cookie. You yeah. did. I mean, that's what he said, but you're the one that gave him the nickname. Yeah. Oh, no, because it's, it, I think it's funny that he, he compared himself to a Crumble Cookie. No, I'm the only one. No, I think, it's funny. I think it's funny. I think it's funny too. Like, you know what I, mean? I think it's funny too, Hugh. Well, I was going to make a joke about crumble cookies being, you know, overpriced, but I'll, I'll let that be. Go ahead, they, Ken. They already struggling as it is. They have, they all so I, I want to answer the questions that that people keep asking about why Nick Sirianni's still here. 
it's really pretty simple. Nick Sirianni's still here because Nick Sirianni wins football games. So he, he has the best record of any head coach in the history of the franchise over his first three years as the head coach of the team. And here's what you don't get to do. You don't get to say Nick Sirianni had nothing to do with any of these wins and is solely responsible for all of these losses. You don't get to do that. The guy's record is his record, which means the wins are his and the losses are his, and he's the most successful head coach in, in, his, in his first three years as a head coach of the franchise. That's why he's back. Now, when Nick Sirianni is inevitably gone, and he's going to be inevitably gone because head coaches get hired to get fired in the NFL, so it could be 10 years from now, as, as long as Jeffrey Lurie's still running the team, uh, I think what we need to do is they need to put each head coaching candidate through a mock press conference. And whoever does the best press conference is who they should hire. Because we get so wrapped up about press conferences in this city that, that that's obviously more important than whether or not you put winning teams on a field every year. And all the guy does is win football games. That's why he's still here. I hope that clears it up. Well, I think that partially explains it. But don't you think, Ken, the Eagles win football games, not Nick Sirianni? He's a part of it, right? He, and I, I, would, I would say a large part. He's the head coach. He sets the agenda. But he's not the only reason they're winning. That He's had a lot of good players here since he got here. Well, of course, it's, a, it's an organization. There's a reason why, and I'm going to bring this up again just because he was on the air. There's a reason why you look at, by, by franchise, the last quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards in a New York Jets uniform was Joe Namath. There's a reason why the Jets are the Jets and the Eagles are the Eagles, and, and it's an organizational thing. But part of that is Jeffrey Lurie has proven himself since day one to be really astute at identifying head coaching candidates who become successful head coaches that really weren't on anybody else's radar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and when, when Nick Sirianna had his introductory press conference, which was, if my recollection serves me correctly, which was over like Zoom or something like it that. It was, it was, yep. Everybody, every, so he, he sounded like a, a babbling idiot. And, and so everybody's first response to that was, oh, this guy's a disaster. And, of course, well, you know, he's, he's not a disaster. So can, I, can, can I ask we, you a question? We don't know. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, I think you're, you're really trying to diminish the, the press conference part of it. Uh, do you feel comfortable with the explanation that was given us for the demise of the team at the end of this year? Do you feel comfortable with the explanation that has been given us so far? So, so here's the way I'll answer that so, question, so, Sue, yes, or you. Um, it's – it's about what your expectations are going into it. Okay, so, Ken, but I, I, didn't, I, 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 didn't, I didn't ask that, Ken. I asked you, were you comfortable with the explanation given to us by the head coach at the end of how the, I don't how have, the season ended? I don't have any expectation that they're going to pull back the curtain for me in a press conference. So I got what I expected. Mm. Um, I, you know, as long as my, my comfort so, level is going to come from, if I'm comfortable, let me finish. My comfort level is going to come from whether or not I feel comfortable that they internally have identified what happened at the end of the season last year. So you're comfortable and, and with the way that he handled the press conference yesterday by by talking about stuff that, and he really didn't he didn't he didn't solidify anything for you. So you were comfortable with that. Last time I checked, there's never been a game won or lost in a press conference. No, but what so I'm really, what, I, what I'm point. trying to what I I'm, well, I think I'm, he's comfortable because he does it doesn't matter what he says to Ken. No, I don't but care. but, but yeah. Ken, my my, my question is this. My my question to you is this. There is still like 
to your point, yeah, they didn't answer all the questions that we needed to know, but there's still something fundamentally wrong with this locker room. And he's the guy that sets the culture. Like, I know he's won a lot of games, but you can't deny the fact that the head coaches that he, the, the coaches that he had last year, the coordinators that he had last year, there was a disconnect somewhere where there was allowed it was allowed to go out there, that defense was allowed to go out there and play the way that they did every weekend. And there was no accountability from the guy that sets the culture. Like the guy that has sure. told us in, in press conferences that he sets the culture. You you're okay with that just because he wins football games, but he can't when 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 stuff hits the fan. He can't get it back, pull it back together. So you're comfortable with well, that? If they don't have a good, if they don't have enough good players on defense, then you know you can hold people accountable all day long. It's not like you can just go find 22 more guys to put out there and play defense Ken, next week because these Ken. 22 stink. Well, that's I, true. Can I, I? I will see because I think this is the thing that we're, we're we're stuck on. I'll give you all day that this defense wasn't talented. Not I'll enough. give you that not all enough. day. Yeah, that wasn't talented, but. The game plan was not implemented not one time in the six-game stretch they had. They looked lost out there. Whose fault is that? And he's the guy that oh, sets the, the culture. The, the, last six, the last six games in particular, I, have, I, I agree with you 100%. They didn't look like they even knew which direction. Like, and that's the, thing, that's the thing, Ken. Like, and, I, and I like Coach Sirianni too, but, man, when I see the same thing happening week in and week out, Somebody needs to be held yeah. accountable. Well, for that. they held the coordinators accountable. Ken, we appreciate that. I mean, that's that's it, right? It wasn't Sirianni that held held, held accountable. It was the coordinators. It yeah, was Patricia and, and, Desai, and and obviously the other side. It was and you can't. And to his Brian point, Johnson. you can't. Ken, you you you're right. You can't take away what Coach Sirianni brought to the table when he got here. But I can't question what what the hell were you doing when all this was happening week in and week out. If I'm answering the question of why he's still here, I think the Eagles are choosing to view the end of the season as an aberration. Now, maybe they're wrong. I mean, this mm-hmm. this could continue into next year, but I think I think they're looking at it the way Ken is, which is overall, he's 34-17. and 17. He has led a team to a Super Bowl. Like, that's big picture. I get Ken's perspective. I think a lot of national people probably have that perspective. A lot of us, other than Ken, Feel like no, this is this got went bad, and we're afraid it's going to stay bad. I'll just point this out about his winning percentage, though. That can't keep his job forever. Let me ask you guys this: If the Eagles go eight and nine next season, do you think Sirianni's the coach in twenty twenty five? I don't think so, Kyle. If the Eagles go eight and nine next year, is Sirianni the head coach a year from now? Barring like major injury to top, play, you know, like the quarterback, something like that. Like Hurst everybody's plays, healthy, Hurst plays at least six, eight, and nine. Yeah. I would. I would have to guess that he's out. Okay. He would then still have the highest winning percentage in Eagles history if you add eight and nine on his record next year. Like, that doesn't mean you stay forever. Like, the Eagles have had a lot of coaches that have stayed a long time, and their their record eventually kind of went back to the middle. I'm just saying a, a 14 and three year in three or four years is going to boost your winning percentage so high that you're going to have a high winning percentage. Yeah. No matter what, unless the Eagles go three and 14 next year, which they're not going to do. Sirianni, by the end of next season, is going to have a high winning percentage as an Eagles coach. That doesn't mean he gets to stay. Yeah, if they have a tough totally, year next year, I, I, I totally agree with that. And and it's another. I, I think that if this offense gets going in the right direction, like let's be honest, there are going to be questions on who was the, who was the orchestrator, Kellen Moore. Like like seriously. Well, because there'll be two. Like when Sirianni was more in charge, it wasn't good. When Steichen was or Moore was. And good. that's going to be a question that that's going to be asked. And again, I, I I think that 
when you talk about some of the stuff that happened in this locker room, that that's gonna be especially when you have stories still coming out. That might that might potentially potentially be, still be an issue. Yeah, it could be. To the season. Let's go to, uh, oh, we got Cowboy Jim here. What does he got to uh, say yeah, for himself? Yeah. I haven't talked to him a little bit. Cowboy Jim, what's up? Wow, I, I feel sorry, guys, um, for you guys, for all of you. Um, the offense looks bad. And what did you say about the defense? Unwatchable? It was. Um, it was. Uh, well, maybe maybe the Phillies will win a spring training game today. Maybe you'll feel better with, with that today. Hopefully. What have I done to deserve this? Don't you have your own issues to worry about? You got to pay sixty million dollars to a quarterback in his thirties. You got you got your own stuff to worry about, Cowboy Jim. Joe, this is why you're my fourth favorite host. You tell it the way it is. So if the Eagles go eight and nine, is that with Hassan Reddick? Or without uh, Hassan Reddick, which, which is it? Yeah, right now I think they're going eight and nine as if as today the roster is with or without him. So yeah, it doesn't matter to me. They they got to get a lot more players here, Jim. They're not good enough right now. I know that uh, exactly. That's why I'm okay with Dak staying. I'm okay because they're going to win the East. They're going to probably. Well, I don't know about that. Team. We we know but, it, no one wins the East in back to back years. Those are the rules, uh, Jim. And you I'm know with, that. I, hey. Stop, stop, Kyle, stop. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm retiring uh, Nikki Kotite as a name. Uh, I'm moving it to Herb Sirianni. So who needs to be cut off, Herb or Sirianni? Want to play with me? <laughs> who would be a better head coach right now, Herb or Sirianni? Are you asking me? Yeah. Come on, man, stop it. Herb. That sounds like a so? Herb. Yeah. And no, you? I'm going to go with Coach Sirianni. Can you imagine F- Hugh as, as a coach? Can you imagine Hugh as a coach? He doesn't listen to his, his significant other. He doesn't listen to his coaches, so he's not going to listen to you guys if you're asking him questions. He's just going to not listen at all. No, I'm going to be Does defensive. Does she do anything for us? I'm going to be defensive. <laughs> what are we paying that guy for? <laughs> I mean, what are we paying for? <laughs> and who was that guy? Who was the guy that called in and said, oh, Jalen needs more time? He has the best offensive line. What does he need more time for? He still can't find a receiver, and he, and he can't read a defense. Well, I would actually argue, and, and Jim, we appreciate it. I, I would argue Jalen needs less time. He needs to hold the ball for less time. Holding the ball for longer is not actually leading to anything good. He holds the ball too long. Probably be, need to be a little bit more decisive yeah. with his decision. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I, feel, I still feel like our quarterback can be better. I, 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 I oh, he better not, be. Well, I, I mean, that goes without saying, but I'm saying that I feel like this year was a minor setback for him, but he's he's uh, poised for a major come up. I think that's what's going to happen this year. You ever see highlights pop up of him running either last year in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one? Oh yeah, that's part part of the decisiveness is like when he didn't see someone open, he would just run and it'd be seven or eight or nine or ten yards or more. Like I go back to that Packers game in twenty twenty two. It was uh, Thanksgiving weekend, Sunday night football. He ran for hundred yards in the first quarter. This year, I mean, you could have ran for three games to get 100 yards. You know, he had the 180 or 70-something yard game against the Rams. But after that, he didn't run. He looked uh, a little banged up, a little banged up. So, you since uh, you and Cowboy Jim's back and forth there, got me thinking. Uh-huh. I'm going to throw a take at you here. Well, let's hear it. If the Eagles did nothing, just retained their entire roster from last season, but went into the season with Vic Fangio and Kellen Moore, they still win 11 games next season. So, you think this team right now, into the season is 11-win team. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. They just won 11 games with worse coaches. I don't, like, <laughs> now they're going to have better coaches. So, yes, I think the same roster with better coaching, I think 11 is is short. So, I, I understand your perspective. I do think the schedule is going to be a little harder next year. Really? The divisions they're going to play. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little Nine road games versus nine home games I don't think it year. could get harder than it was this year. 
They played seven teams that finished with the bottom ten record. Dude, that stretch seven. that we hold on. We had to go. We did. What was this, the gauntlet we talked about? You're, we're not going to find a tougher uh, gauntlet than that. So Dolphins, they, it, Chiefs it, on the road. I agree. The, Dallas, Niners, Seattle. It's yeah, not yeah. happening. The Eagles had, I would say, a uh, a schedule that had two extremes to it. They played seven teams that finished with bottom ten records. Bad teams. And then they did play, like you're saying, six or seven, yeah. whatever the number was, uh, a gauntlet. Next year feels to me, just and we don't know yet. we got to see it. But right. I feel like they're going to play more teams that are all about even for the whole season. Well, so maybe without knowing what other teams are going to, you know, step up or, or fall back. But I think what also made last year's schedule harder was how it was condensed, how it was laid out, the travel totally. stuff. Like I don't think they're ever going to get one that's that hard again. You may be right. Um, you may be right on that. I, I, I look at it like this. They're going to play the Bengals next year. They're going to play the Ravens next year. I mean, those, those are probably going to be two top teams. They're going to play the Browns next year, which has a great defense. They play the whole really AFC defense. North. The AFC yeah. North, they all finish 500 or better. Yeah, they thought, they got, they got their thigh out in the North. They get the Rams, Packers, and Jags, all playoff teams from this past year. I, th- I think the schedule's challenging for next season. All right, 215-592-9494. Let's hit a quick uh, midweek, mid-show, non-sports take here, Kyle, before we go back to the phone lines. So I started watching some comedy specials on uh, and like old older ones, Hugh, older comedic comedians. What you got? Well, I was watching a I watched an old Richard Pryor one. I was about I, to say Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't watched one of those recently. I watched a Chris Rock, one of his newer ones he did, yeah. and then I watched a Martin Short, Steve Martin, a do like a duo thing. Yeah. So and I thought about it. Old comedians are so much funnier than new, younger comedians. And I guess the reason is probably just because the new ones are just afraid of making jokes because you don't want to get canceled. You have to, like, dance around everything. Yeah. And I was, and I was watching... Different time. I different, get that. And as I watched some of the old stuff, and I used to watch a lot of George Carlin, the, the thing is... They were George Carlin was a genius. They were saying things that you couldn't say now, right? It yes. was a different time. But the whole audience was into it. Like, everyone just appreciated comedy. I... Like, new comedy is just not any good. Well, sometimes, like, it was a comedian uh, a couple weeks ago. He got in trouble for some stuff that he was saying. On was stage. he on SNL uh, this past weekend, that guy? No, that that guy. Shane Gillis. It's from yeah. here. He's an Eagles fan. Yeah, but was big, he the one time. that got in trouble? Or well, I know, he had some. Well, this weekend he did. Oh, he, he, he got off. in trouble? Oh, See, I, I didn't know that. I didn't watch this weekend, but I, I, didn't, right. I didn't watch it. I know a lot of, lot of Eagles fans were excited because he was on. I didn't know he got into some trouble for some things that he said. I didn't know that. I just think everything, the society, it's just comedy doesn't work anymore. Super sensitive. You can't really be a good comedian anymore. Oh, the old ones are so much funnier. Yeah. I mean, it was like some like Eddie Murphy Raw, still a banger. <laughs> uh, Dave Chappelle, some I of the stuff Dave that Chappelle, Dave Chappelle man. stuff he does now, he, he just does it to trigger people. I, like, because he goes in. He, he still he goes does. in. I'm a believer that everything tends to get better, whether it be music or technology. But, like, com- comedy feels like one thing that cannot get better. It can only go worse. Yeah, because if you, you you tell the wrong joke to the wrong group, then, yeah, you probably be looking for a job somewhere. You, and if you, you'd be done. You're towing that line, then you're not really doing the com- – like, you're not really doing it. Because isn't comedy is like a reflection on real life, and you can't do it. It's not going to work. Yeah. I, I feel like if you are – going to either turn on a comedy special or go into a comedy show, buy a ticket, you kind of have to drop the whole, like, this will offend, or, like, you know, just, like, be be ready to to, to, to get be some, offended. Yeah. like And, and, and deal with it and laugh about it, and, and that's it. But most people aren't like that nowadays. Yeah. 
most people like it, it the the thing that I find funny about most individuals is like they'll attack but then when you when you retort or you attack back then they get offended. Yeah. And and to me that's like the absolute weirdest thing on the planet because you know if you you get mess with the bull you get the horns. That used to be the the old saying. So yeah, it's one of those things, man. If you if you go to the comedy show, you go in with the the uh, the thought process that you're gonna laugh, and it might be some things that might be a little blue, like they curse and they say certain things that that might be, you know, off topic or might be on topic and a little sensitive. But you're there to laugh. And I I think the old school comedians, you know, yes, th- there may have been a joke or two that obviously you couldn't do now, but I I always thought they like spread it out so everyone in the crowd kind of feels one that hits them. But you just let it roll off your back. I just as I watch some of the old ones, uh, and I've seen a lot of, a lot of the specials lately, I'm like. Man, these guys are so much better than what we've got now. It's not even close. Let's go to the phone lines here. We've got T in college. What's up, T? Yeah, times are changing. They are very sensitive, man. Somebody like you can't even watch a man eat a cookie, you know? That's not being sensitive. That's me being – that was more creepy than anything. I know. I'm only playing, man. <laughs> that was more me being <laughs> creepy than anything. <laughs> it's just an opportunity for me to bring it up. I was like, yo, man, how am I going to give you flowers? You're going to tell this story right after I call, man. I was like, come on, you. It was, it was one of my favorite Hugh stories in a while. Just asking yeah, someone, can little, I watch you eat creepy. a cookie? That was a little creepy, dog. Oh, it was, man. It was creepy. It was, <laughs> it was creepy. It wasn't right. Yeah, we'll today, leave it. Man. How are you all doing today? Good, how are you doing today, man? What are you thinking? I'm good. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to process today on the Eagles and everything. And I, I'm going to go a little bit all over the place. But I, I just, yeah, you guys said so many things. I just want to touch on. Like, Hugh, that Eric the Enemy thing. I think, um, you know, when you when you go into a losing program, um, it is really hard to put your foot stamp on that and and really change the overhaul in one season. Let alone he's only the offensive coordinator. So you know, Riverboat Ron's not going to allow him to really imprint, you know, his premise of how to become winners. And I think the narrative that Eric the enemy was maybe not even the mastermind that some might have think he was because it was Andy Reid mm. uh, definitely plays an effect why, like, you know, the offensive uh, personnel didn't really, you know, adhere to Eric the enemy's changes or gotcha. process. Okay. That, that's my, my input on that. Um, and the comedian aspect that you're talking about, I agree. Um, I think a lot of it, too, when I talk, I go to a lot of comedy shows, but when I talk to these comedians um, or listen to their stories or whatever it may be, I think the idea that two-parent households are coming back more and more, so they don't have, like, hardened stories to talk about, they don't have hardened times, and and you can't even talk about all topics on a, on a taboo basis, I think it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand why they don't, they're not as raunchy as they used to be. But I will say, Joe, maybe you're not invested it there are a lot of still raunchy comedians out there yeah maybe i have to just uh, so dive into more bad. of them it just struck me watching some of the older ones i'm like what i've seen of the newer ones they're just not quite as i don't know it's like the next generation is not quite as good but maybe i got i gotta watch more what do you think t youth movement or go after free agents i think you gotta have a mix i think i think you know jeffrey laurie and, and, and howie roseman they realize that you know they, they have almost 30 years together in the eagles organization and, you know, when you look back on 30 years, the NFL is not easy to get to the Super Bowl. I and mean, Jeffrey's only been to three Super Bowls. And in that tenure, you know, he's had Sirianni, Peterson, and Andy Reid. And, 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 and you look at those rosters, uh, it's just a mix. It's not young. It's not old. It's a combination of both. 
I think the same goes for here because the salary cap only, you know, grants you so much. And the draft process, you know, some players just take longer to come along like Nolan Smith or Nakobe Dean. It just, it just happens that way. You know, just because you, you draft a player in the first round or the seventh round, it's not always their story. It's not always what they're going to be. Well, that's right. Dave, and, and you Dave need King to – You're right. And sometimes it takes a few years to know it. You, and here's the thing. you got to know what you have. And that's a big part of it. And, T, we appreciate it. If the Eagles are convicted and they know a guy could play, well, then they got to give him a shot. 215-592-949 for back to the phones. And it's a Wednesday. It's a what-if Wednesday. We'll go through the scenarios on one what-if. Plus, it's a special anniversary today that have, might, might have something to do with all this. 215-592-949 for Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. If you're a caregiver in the Philadelphia Lehigh Valley areas looking after a loved one, reach out to my friends at Ameribesa Day. When you call 1-800-HOME-CARE, a live onboarding specialist will assist you in the hiring process. Ameribesa offers daily pay, performance bonuses, reward programs, and more to support their caregivers. Let Ameribest take care of you so you can focus on what matters most, caring for your loved one. Call Ameribest today at 1-800-HOME-CARE or visit AmeribestHomeCare.com slash radio. Two balls, two strikes to Bryce Harper. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's going. Yes! And it is gone. Yes! yes. It is Bedlam at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. Are you kidding me? His 10th <laughs> career home run in the postseason. And he may never hit a bigger one. Oh, what a moment it was. Bryce Harper, a few years ago, bedlam at the bank to send the Phillies to the World Series. But it is a what-if Wednesday, and today's a special anniversary we'll get to in a second. But, Hugh, what-if Wednesday, on the five-year anniversary of Bryce Harper signing with the Phillies, that offseason was not just about Bryce Harper, Hugh. It was about Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, right? The, the Phillies, they, so I heard. They, they were going to spend stupid money, and they had to get one of them. Well, they did. They got Bryce Harper. They got the right one. Bryce was the one I wanted the entire time. But, Hugh, there's an alternative universe where they signed Manny Machado. What do we think? What if the Phillies had signed Machado instead of Harper? So, I, th there's a couple, a lot of thoughts I have that come to mind with this. Number one, Machado's not much worse. In fact, you, you can make a case he's a better player because he plays defense. defense. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say defensively you probably would have been a lot better, and that probably wouldn't have been a big deal by getting Schwarber off the off the uh, off the field out 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 of the outfield by having him here, but I will say this: the thing that I think of when I think of Bryce Harper is how he's endeared himself to the city, and how everybody loves him in this city, and the resurgence of the fanatic. Now I know a lot of people. Are like, oh, what do you mean the fanatic's been a staple forever? I don't know, dog. It was a couple years where the fanatic, you know, he wasn't hitting like he's hitting now. He's Bryce a fraud. With <laughs> with Bryce Harper wearing all the fanatic stuff and things of that nature. So I don't know. It might be a little different history for the fanatic if Bryce Harper wasn't here. So we did have a fraud fanatic for a few years. We did. Yeah, that was a whole thing. That was a big thing. So here's my thing. I, I don't know if there's ever been a, play, a more obvious decision a team had to make. Bryce Harper just made so much sense. Not that Machado was a bad player. He's a great player. Machado, they're both going to the Hall of Fame together. And I think you might be surprised. I, I looked this up a little while ago. You know, since they signed, so it's five years ago, right? They both signed the same month. They yeah. both started playing for the, these teams in the same year. Machado has more home runs. 
he has more hits. Machado has scored more runs. Machado has made more All-Star games. Machado has had more years where he got MVP votes. Yet, no, I don't think I could find one person that says the Phillies made the wrong choice. They made the right choice. And I think the biggest thing is the postseason. Because they've both been good in the regular season. They both, I think they lived up to their contracts so far. Bryce has hit 324 in the playoffs with 11 home runs as a Philly. Machado, 230 with six home runs. I mean, that, that to me is the biggest difference. And they played each other in that postseason, right, in 2022. Mm-hmm. And Machado was fine in that series. Harper was amazing. Yeah, and Harper the bedlam at the bank. Gave him a moment. Gave that moment. It's a big moment. I think the Phillies would have ended up fine with Machado. They ended up one of baseball's best teams with Bryce Harper. I, I just I, I think there was an obvious choice. They made the obvious choice. And five years ago today, it happened. Here was the reaction. I remember I was getting in the car, leaving home to come in here. This ha- I, I believe this happened somewhere around 3 o'clock that, that afternoon. The news broke. Five years ago today, the Phillies had signed Bryce Harper. Here's how it sounded on the old afternoon show, the old, old afternoon show, where Ben Livingston was producing Marks and Reese. Do I think the Phillies in Philadelphia is, is the top of his list? No, I don't think there's anybody that thinks that. Do I think that, that maybe he has some reservations about playing here for the next 10 years, or his wife does oh, yet? No. John Heyman, Bryce Harper to the Phillies! No way! Officials blue check mark and everything. Bryce Harper is going to the Phillies. Stop everything you are doing. <laughs> Bring on the music. Hold on, we gotta make sure we verify first. Make it's sure verified. we verify. It's verified. It's verified. Verify everything, Ben, before it's we him. turn on the music. Bryce ben. to the Phillies. You said sort of breaking news. Yeah, what the hell is sort of breaking news? Pump it up! Pump it up! I think it fit though. I think it fit for the moment. Yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't, you know, I mean, I wasn't here, so I, you know, I might be hating a little bit. It's a huge day. Oh, it was. It was unbelievable. I mean, it's all we talked about for months. Like every day, we talked about the pursuit of Bryce Harper. Every single day, and you felt the emotion there with those guys. And I, you could even hear people in the background, not on the air, clapping. The whole place was going crazy, as if something like we won something, which we, I mean, I guess in. It, at the end, we did. Who was in the building? Was it Fritz? Was Fritz there? Yeah, the there's a video of Fritz like clapping. And it, might, it might have been his clapping in yeah. the background there. Five years ago today, the Bryce Harper signing. So uh, a few things that hit me from the, the what if. Obviously, the, the bedlam of the bank probably don't get that moment. Yep. But do we even get the NLCS, Phillies, Padres, but Bryce wearing the Padres uniform, Machado in the Phillies uniform? They could have swapped spots. Yeah. Absolutely could have swapped mm. spots. The other thing that hit me is Machado's here. We probably don't get the the growth of Alec Bohm, right? Sure, he's probably traded. He's the third baseman. Or he becomes a first baseman. Base. Base yeah, I think he's probably traded. Right. So if Machado's here, we don't have Alec Bohm. We don't get the I bleep and hate this place. Mm. Or if we do, we get it from Machado, and it probably doesn't hit the same. Like, we all just hate him for that. As opposed to, like, Alec Bohm was kind of allowed to say it because he was homegrown. Yeah. <laughs> I, also, I also yeah. think certain players' personnel is meshed with certain cities. Bryce Absolutely. is meshed here. Yes. Machado I don't, might not have gotten Machado is think, not. Machado f- is San Diego. Yes. Like, he fits that. And it, it, look, they're both great players. Like, I think as, uh, statistically, it wouldn't have been that different. 
He, he's got better numbers in a lot of categories. It just <laughs> it wouldn't have been the same. You can hang with the that's what's in guys. <laughs> yeah, he fits those guys. It, it, it was it ended up working out, I think, for everybody. Everyone got the player that where they belonged to go. But you're right. It could have been Bedlam at the bank the other way. They could have played each other. That... That's that strikes two two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Also, we may have done this opt out thing or this contract thing earlier because Machado got an opt out yes. and he leveraged it last year to a new ten year deal. So, uh, I guess that's where Bryce is getting this inspiration now to maybe. Do yeah, he's trying to thing. get that bread. He's gonna get that. Bread. Yeah, that quieted down. You notice that the last uh, week or so, the Bryce Harper contract thing. I haven't heard. That doesn't mean it's going away. No, but it's not as public. No, with him talking about I, it. I think I think the biggest thing you gotta do is get wheels done. Then you you get back to it. I also think it's wise for Bryce to stop talking about it. By yeah, the way, that, he's that too. he's in the lineup today for the first time this yes, spring. Yes, he is. One o'clock. One o'clock. Phil's spring training game. Bryce in the lineup. I believe Bryce and JT in the lineup for the first time. And uh, guess who's leading off? Uh, is it the correct leadoff hitter? The correct leadoff hitter is leading off. You got that right, Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. There were a c- couple games where Trey Turner was hitting leadoff, and people started to wonder, hey. Yeah, that, that's that's a no. Leave Schwarber alone as the leadoff. All right, right back to the phones here. 215-592-9494. Ray is up on WIP. Hey, Ray. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up, Ray? What's up, I'm a little disgruntled here. I got, as far as the Eagles, I think we should go young. Because I'm 75 years old. I remember when we gave young boys a chance. And maybe the first year it didn't work out too well, but they casually – grew into knowing what they had to do to defend and be make Philadelphia fans happy with them. So I think we should go young, use their strength, because mistakes that they may make, I think they got the speed to make up for that mistake. So, Ray, the they may. That, Are you comfortable, though, with the mistakes? Because they make a lot of mistakes. We, we might not be a Super Bowl team next year. Well, we got to take that chance. We have to see. We have to see. You got to, you know, you, you have to make that you have to give them a chance. And maybe they won't make that many mistakes. But the fact of the matter is, if they do make a mistake, trust me, they might have the speed or the strength to make up for that mistake. Yeah, though they could. Easy. They could. Yeah. I mean, the game is about speed today, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Athleticism, Especially speed. At the, at the corner speed. Yeah, the for sure. Yeah. yeah, corner speed. So, okay, so you might break wrong, wrong one way, but you have the speed to make that up. And that's all I'm saying. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Ray, what do you think? What what do you want to? You want to vent about the Sixers here? Ah, man, look, don't even. Anyway, Tobias Harris looked like an old man running up and down that court. He looked like he was about 80 years old trying to keep up with them young boys. And as long as we have the general managers that we got now picking the players that they got, he'll need he need to eat a sandwich before he can make a three. He's never made a three off the dribble. So I thought if they would have got Drummond to help rebound and Bajanovich, who's a more consistent three-point shooter than me, I think we wouldn't be losing the games we're losing now without Embiid. You might be right. I mean, Ray, Daryl Morey's track record at the trade deadline since he became the Sixers GM, not great. It's not. And Terrible. Yeah, and Terrible. I, I understand they're without Embiid right now. I get it, right? And, Ray, we appreciate the call. So I'm, I, I'm still kind of excited to see what, what uh, Buddy Heald and Embiid look like, though. That, yeah. that might be a nice little combo right there. I'm confused, though. I, I get that. But I, I keep seeing this. Everyone's excited for what this could be. They lose every game. Yeah. Why are we excited? Because it's it's like we know we're a much better squad with the big man out there. And, and you could see, you know, him with him out there on the floor. 
there's going to be more opportunities for the for the for the guys on the perimeter to make yeah. some plays oh, and there stuff are. like that. Yeah. Yeah, and and Heald's fine, and I I didn't mind that that trade because he does help, and he has had some big games he got here so far. It's just it's a lot of damn guards, though. It's a lot of guards. A lot of guards. Well, and, we're, and we got Tobias Harris as one of your forwards, and he stinks. Yeah, yeah. I just think this, <laughs> the Sixers are in a tough spot right now because they have a, a they have a long runway. It's probably another month at least that we see Embiid, and I don't know how they stay out of the play-in. I mean, they're a half game up on the play-in, and you watch some of these games against these good teams, it's not even close. I mean, they're not losing by like five. They're no, losing they get, by 20. Yeah. They're, they're making a show of it. Like last night, they've tried to make a show of it, but yeah, that was just too much. Man. All right, let me throw this at you because uh, our last caller, he, he likes your plan, Hugh. He wants to play the young guys here. Yes. See, m- my concern isn't so much that they're young. My concern is that they don't have pedigree. What I mean by that is, all right, so Jordan Davis, first-round pick. Pedigree. Okay, that's pedigree. Jalen Carter, first-round pick, top-10 pick, pedigree. I'll even say Nolan Smith because he was also a first-round pick. Some of these other guys that we might hand starting jobs to if we don't spend in free agency, Nicobe Dean, third-round pick. Uh, Keely Ringo, fourth-round pick. Eli Ricks, undrafted. Reed Blankenship, I believe, was undrafted as well. Um, these guys are not – like, it wasn't like they were high picks where you're like, all right, they're supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. I, I, could, I could get it. If you tell me, give Nolan Smith a chance. He's a first-round pick. He went to Georgia. He's going to be a star. Joe, have patience. He, I, could buy, I could buy that. I don't know if the other guys could play. I mean, third, fourth, undrafted players, that's like a coin flip. Yeah, but it's a lot of guys that weren't drafted high that are are really good players in the NFL. And I think that – I understand where you're coming from because you want guys – you want bona fide guys. But there are also a lot of guys that play in the NFL that were drafted in the second, third round, fourth round picks. There's a guy that, that – a potential Hall of Famer that, that played around the time that I played, James Harrison. Sure. He's a he was, was a beast. Got cut several times. So I before he got it, he got an opportunity to do what he did. I agree with you, but what are the odds? Like, like if you're asking to play the odds, one of these guys or two of these guys turn into starters in the NFL. The rest probably are out of the league in, in four or five I think, years. I think, but but you also have to marry the scheme to the kid's skill set. And, and, and what I like about the young guys, Ricks and and Ringo, was the fact that they they were willing to play press coverage. They were willing to tackle in the run game. And to me, that is something that we sorely missed when we were playing last year. You had guys playing off 10 to 12 yards off receivers. And when they came up to make tackles, they were disinterested in tackling. That's not going to work. You know what I mean? And, and, and that puts your defense in a bind. Like the one thing that, that I had a flashback about when I watched in the playoffs teams play was how the corners were were a big part of the run game. Even if they didn't make the play, they kept the receiver in the box and allowed for the pursuit angles and other guys to make the play. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a whole lot of yards after the catch. When they caught the football, they were tackled immediately. Like, that to me is the biggest difference. How many times, Joe, and I'm not just picking on the corners, but that's a part of this game that I feel like needs to be upgraded immediately. Well, they couldn't stop the pass. They couldn't stop yeah. the pass. But how about how many times did we see when they caught the damn ball? Hell, they caught it ten yards out because they got their ten yards off. Then they ran for ten more yards. Well, oh, the 49ers game was the Come whole on, thing, man. And it's like you can't you can't be successful. And everybody complained about the pass rush and how the pass rush wasn't there. Hell, I can't pass rush if the corner's not playing pressed or 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 not at least contesting the pass. I mean, that that's football one-on-one. 
and they're not doing and it. And they didn't do it. I, I look, I understand that. And you, you look, half these guys might become good players. I'm just saying the odds on third, fourth, undrafted free agents. You know, it's hard for them to become good players. Are Herb in the Northeast? He's uh, apparently with Ron Jaworski. What's up, Herb? What's happening, my man? Are you with Jaws? I'm on my way. Yeah, boy. What's happening there, Joe? Herb, you know, we're just trying to figure this thing. So you're going to hang out with Jaws? Right now I'm uh, watching about 100 Fargo going down to uh, 76 and watching these trains. Are you going to go play golf with Jaws, or what are you doing with Jaws? Nah, I'm heading down to Jersey to see him. Okay. Uh, Listen, okay, Mm -hmm. when we go free agency, okay, uh, we're going to have to pick the best players. In the in the, the positions that we have a need on the defense, you understand that we need it. We're going to pick six guys, seven guys. Like I said, we need linebackers. We need a safety. We need a couple cornerbacks. So you're ready to spend, Herb? Is what I'm hearing. You want to spend that money? We got to spend a good part of that money. Okay, and and then we go to the offense and more defense in the draft, okay? Mm -hmm. When we get to the draft, whatever it is, unless Howie is going to try to either trade down or trade up and get another pick in the second round, you never know. You might wind up with three picks in the second round. You could. could, Well, he's got two already. Yeah, he could. I could tell you things that would blow your mind, but I can't put it on the air. Because people like O.G. Wade and other people like like uh, Chuck Lamanary, and then you got a lot of these other guys that don't understand about we on the dealing, okay, to get that number one pick. So you know, uh, one. We want to trade up to number one. What do you think, man? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, huh? if, I mean, it takes a lot to get from twenty-two to one here, but it's a lot. It's a big cost. Yeah, well, you know what, dude? I'm going to tell you something. You know that back of the quarterback we got? He, he's, just so you know, that dude is five inches bigger than Jalen Hurts. McKee, Tanner McKee, or Mariota? Yeah, we're going to keep him on his. We're going to keep him on his squad. Yeah, he could be a third string. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Let him, let him learn some more stuff that he learned. He got a good arm. He comes from a good school, Stanford. He's Smart. He ain't done. He ain't no dummy. The trees. And uh, anyway, is that a Cardinals? This, the Cardinals. Stand for the Cardinals. Tree. Cardinals tree. Yeah. We got, it's a tree. I told you. Yeah. I told you yeah. about the running back. I told you about the fullback slash tight end. Okay. And then we got. How much you think it costs to go to school? We need to know. A lot, yeah. We need to know how long Lane Johnson can play. Is this going to be last year? No, way more. Or we got a couple more years. Yeah, they got to get that answer from from Lane. Now, they need to know because otherwise, in her good phone call, they might have to take an offensive lineman in the first round. They got to get that answer from Lane for what? What they get him? The, the, how much longer he's going to play? You got to start preparing for him to be out of here. Lane? Too. Yeah, Lane. He's not young. He was drafted in 2013. We got to figure out. We Now we're trying to push Lane out? No, not door? pushing him out. Just asking him, what's your plan here, man? I need to know the plan. Huh. So you say about 100000 a semester at, at Stanford? Well, I, I'm just, I, I think it's pretty expensive. What, what's I mean, your I guess? Got, I, I Are know. you trying to enroll? No, I'm just saying I now got, you, I got uh, stuck. Cause it was I was a lot. right, but wrong. I, I thought it was higher than 50000 It is, but it's not quite what you th- you said, 100000 58000 per semester. Wow. 
It's, it's yeah, a lot of money. They're per school year. All right, so that is no, a lot of money. a semester. How many semesters? Like no, every, school year, 58 for the whole year. For the whole year? That's not bad. No, that's not bad. That's not bad. Are you thinking about uh, going back to school? Hells no. No. I mean, that'd be a great bit if you go to Stanford. No. You go to Stanford to do what? Just learn. Look, look creepy? No, learn. <laughs> that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> Expand your mind. You'll come in here with all these new thoughts. No, but I, I did hear like those schools like that, that they have like, you know, they have different classes where you can like, you know, expand your mind if you want to. What and, does that mean? At, well, like I remember Brandon, Brandon Whiting went to Cal. Okay. Yeah, it's a good school. And he was telling me about how like, you know, if you could make up your own classes and if you had enough people to, to go, you could, you know, have your own classes or whatever. Like make up make up your own like, you know, curriculum or some stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. So you want to make up your own classes? <laughs> yeah. The art of playing video games or the art of making up words, nonsensical words or something like that. You get that. a 4.0 in that yeah, one. Yeah, I would, I would kill that. By the way, how about Herb just casually throwing in there, trading up for the number one overall pick? How about Herb telling us one thing and then he thought they, thought he said he was with Jaws? Well, that's what he told Kyle. He was he with Jaws. Him, yeah, he told him he was with Jaws. That was uh, he, he snaked me. Well, we he call, it's, that's what you call a pump fake. <laughs> we <laughs> found a way around uh, Kyle back there. Just tell him you're with someone famous. You get right up to the top of the screen. <laughs> well, like, I, no, at, at least for Herb. Like, yeah, if Herb no, is with it. somebody famous, that's, you know. How, how Herb know he's five inches bigger, though? I mean, how did he know that? Well, he's going to hang out with Joss. He knows he watches film with Joss. Oh, Herb evaluates. So you think they're watching <laughs> film together? By the way, I have a new idea. I have a new idea for the Eagles offseason. Herb got my mind moving there. Got the wheel spinning. All right. Got? What do you got? <laughs> Ready for this? What do you got? All right. I, I want first. I want to spend all the money on defense. All right. I'm spending all the cap room on defense. I'm, I've been saying that forever. No, the cap okay. space on oh, the. Okay. Oh, no, and you know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm trading up in the first round. <laughs> not <laughs> one. Not to one. I want to go get Brock Bowers. Anyone objected to this? Yeah, in the first. Yeah, I'm. I'm objecting. I, I don't. Uh, I don't have get Brock, Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers with um, Dallas. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting a backup Devontae. tight end in the first round. Yeah, You're out of your mind. Backup. Are you kidding me? The yeah. backup would be the guy that's here. First of all, Brock yeah. Bowers is a rookie. He's going to have to earn the starting job, especially when we have Dallas Goddard, not a rookie, earned the starting job. I don't know, dude. Hold on a second. Hugh, don't you, you, don't you know how this stuff works? You think I some work. rookie's coming in just getting handed the, the starting job over Dallas Goddard? Bro, 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 bro. He's, he's different. Yeah, this is your Georgia bias, dude. Here see, we go I, again. See, I knew you, I'd get Hugh Here we go, man. Trade up for Brock. What? What? What was a big part of most of the teams that were in the playoff success? I've lost you, dude. <laughs> it was no, the tight, Travis it was Kelsey tight end oh, Sam on. Now tight ends are the George reason people Kittle. win the Super Bowl. No, no Kurt had ten touchdowns as a rookie. No, what I'm saying, like Kyle, what I I'm saying care. is this: like the one thing, like I think we have one in Dallas Goddard. He didn't get the ball that much. He's almost, but if, 30, he's almost thirty years old, everybody. But boy, like Brock, like I, like I had the luxury. Probably not so much last year, but three years. Like he came in as a freshman balling. All right, the plan is set. Spend all the money on defense. I'm trading up for freaking Marvin Harrison Jr. before Brock Bowers. But wait, you got to get to three for Harrison Jr. Bowers could go. I would rather do. I would rather do that. I'd rather give up the capital, go get Marvin Harrison Jr. than get a second tight end. How many receivers are they going to have that one day will command thirty million a year? Joe, wide receivers much more important, much more valuable. Right, but they have to pay one. So what are we going to do? Eventually get rid of one of these guys? Oh, wow. You now gotta have contingency who's plans greasing here? the skids here for someone's that? Well, you're trying to get rid of skinny Batman? Uh, no. no he, and we know he's getting rid of the other guy. 215-592-9494. Coming up, final That's hour, a trouble. new Joe Conklin special. will officially establish the five core values of the Midday Show. We've worked on these for a long time. Yeah. We'll write them down. 
And Elliot Shore Parks reacts to the yesterday's presser and the Eagles report card that came out today. We'll get to Elliot all your phone calls. 215-592-9494. Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Here, what do you think of this one? Backstreet Boys. Right? A little different spin on what we usually do. Not no, the Backstreet Boys this time. The sound's a little different than usual. No. See, this is the, the hook is the same as the rest of the hooks. Listen to that. This is in sync, though. But it's the same. It's like the hook is almost so identical. So all boy bands are the same? Well, these two kind of sound the same. In sync no, and No, but am I lying, though? Listen to the hook. I'm not listening to that hook. I'm not. All I hear is a good song, man. I'm not here. I'm going to be labeled a hater now. I'm going to oh, stop. Yeah. Let me just stop. Do we, do we put up a Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC poll? Oh, I think we have to. Just, like, just to see where people like are at. Screaming toward that that, if, if anything says 2024 poll, that's it right there. All right, welcome back. Midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio. Yippee-ki-yay-yo. Yippee-ki-yay-yo. And joining us right now after a, uh, a big day yesterday, Elliot asked some great questions at that press conference, both of them yesterday, with Sirianni and Howie Roseman. Uh, Kyle, joining us right now, of course, is Elliot Shore Parks. Yeah, and Elliot Shore Parks is sponsored by Bet Parks. Open the Bet Parks app. New users win your first $10 bet and get $125 in bonus bets. Must be 21 in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, or Maryland. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Elliot, fresh off the combine, a night in Indianapolis. Elliot, how are we doing today? Man, I appreciate the kind words. Obviously, appreciate the instincts, too, but I feel bad I forgot to ask Hugh's question. I just realized. Yeah, now. right. Sorry. Yeah, right. The question I He just remembered. What are you going to do? Yeah, he did. I just I, remembered, yeah. I, I respect that. I respect that. But did you glean anything from the, the off-the-hour the off uh, uh, conversation that you had last night? Did you get anything from those? <laughs> oh, the late night. No, it ended up being a pretty casual night, unfortunately. I probably, uh, probably talked it up a little too much. But, um, look, it was certainly an interesting day yesterday, I'll say, uh, just from a you know perspective of hearing from Howie and Nick, and uh, I feel like we learned a lot yesterday about their offseason plans. So, Elliot, what's your read on the Hassan Reddick answers? Because that is, it was Tell pretty me. noteworthy to me. They both yeah. seemed to throw cold water on on you know they didn't want to be optimistic about. It. They're like, we'll see. And I, I thought it was also noteworthy, Elliot, that neither of them said a fact in all this, which is he's under contract. I mean, that would have been an acceptable answer. Hassan is an eagle. He's under contract. I'd like you know, We're excited to have him here. Neither of them said that. What do you make of the way they answer the Reddit questions? Yeah, you know, I don't think it's often where Howie Roseman gets asked a question and he seems almost taken off guard by it. But I thought the question for him of what's the best case scenario for Hassan, he didn't really have a great answer for that. And I think it kind of shows where they're at right now with the Reddit situation. Um, this week at the Combine, uh, Reddick's agent is going to talk to you know any team that's willing to talk to him about what their interest in Hassan would be, what they're willing to pay Hassan. And then I think at that point, you'll see a decision. I mean, it's very possible Hassan Reddick goes out there, he gets a huge offer for a t- from a team, and the Eagles just decide to match it. Like I don't think Hassan Reddick, as he said, and I believe him, wants to leave Philadelphia. I don't think he's unhappy here. I don't think he's unhappy with how he's used, anything like that. I think he just wants to be paid. So whoever's going to pay him the most money is probably where he's going to end up going. So I think this will be a big week in terms of Hassan figuring out what uh, he's going to get. And especially with free agency coming up, the Eagles are going to want to know if he's on their book. 
Uh, we've been debating today, Elliot, between you know the two paths Eagles could take here this offseason. One, which is spend a lot of, if not all, of their their extra cap space that they have, and they can make a couple extra moves to even have more, or to let a lot of their young guys play because they have drafted a lot of younger guys on defense the last couple of years. Three of them from Georgia in the first round: Ed and Nicobe Dean, some young corners, blanket ship. Like they've got a lot of younger guys on defense. Hugh wants to let them play. I think they need to spend this money on to try to fix this defense. Elliot, what do you think they should do? What do you think they will do when this league year opens? Well, I'll start with what they will do. I think it will probably be a, a bit of a mixture. Now, with those young guys you mentioned, I don't think N'Kobe Dean is going to be handed any type of starting job. I think he'll probably be a backup next year. Uh, Jordan Davis has had his chance to play and show he's a difference maker. He hasn't shown it yet. I think Nolan Smith is one player that they will get on the field more. Uh, Howie talked about that yesterday in terms of the encouraging signs they saw from him at the end of the season. So I do think there will be areas where, where they will play the young guys. Keely Ringo, another one, I think will get some snaps. But ultimately, I think by the time training camp rolls around, they will sign two to three starters on defense that will have penned in as starters, whether that's a safety, a linebacker, maybe a corner at either outside or inside corner, depending what they do with Devontae Maddox. So I think they'll do a bit of both. What I would do is I would pay guys and get, to get in here and uh, help the defense. I think this team can win the Super Bowl next year if their defense is better. I, I like the idea of developing players, but that's for a team that doesn't have any chance to win it next year. It doesn't have a quarterback. When you have someone you're paying that type of money and you think can be your franchise guy, then you go pay and put talent around him. Do you think with, when you talk about the Eagles and, and free agency and what they're going to do, do you think they're going to go for guys that are like uh, serviceable guys or do you think they're going to try to hit home runs by getting big-name guys? I think they're going to try to hit home runs. I think they're going to go out and sign a different type of free agent than we've seen them sign on defense in recent years. If you think about how they've put together their current defense, Slay, they traded a third-round pick for. Bradbury, they signed after the initial wave of free agency. Even Reddick, who was a you know pretty early signing for them, has proven to be a great signing. He wasn't a massive money guy. I mean, why they're in the situation there and now with him. So what you've seen them do is mostly kind of work around the edges on defense. I think that's going to change. I think they're going to target 25, 26-year-olds, players who – you know, are getting their second contract, um, players that have shown Pro Bowl potential. And I think they're looking for guys so that each offseason we're not sitting here going, they need a linebacker, they need a corner, they need a safety. I think they want permanent type of players, and those players are going to be expensive. So I think they're going to go out and spend some money. Elliot, do you think they might do that at a position they don't typically do it at? Because as you said that, I'm thinking about ages and names out there. I got three that hit me in, you know, right away. Antoine Winfield, the safety from the Bucs, who's been a really yep. good player. Yep. Uh, Xavier McKinney, an Alabama kid who's been good for the Giants and I think is only 24, maybe just turned 25. And Patrick Queen, who was a first-round pick, and you know the, he's going to be a free agent, was on that Ravens team this past year. They're not the positions they usually spend on. They're safety and linebacker, but they kind of fit that age, and, and they're really good right now. Do you think they could go for a position that they don't usually do with big money? Yeah, I definitely think they will. Now, will those players decide to come here? That's a different question, but I think they're going to go out and try to sign those type of players. And I think some of the names you mentioned are names we're going to hear a lot about over the next few weeks uh, leading up to free agency. Like those guys, and Antonio Winfield, he can be a playmaking defensive uh, back from the safety position. He can blitz. He creates turnovers. Like he's kind of, frankly, a little bit what Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was for them before he left. Uh, Patrick Queen, he could come in and he could be that three-down linebacker where you know you then have guys rotate around with him maybe Nakobe has a role next to queen but he can be the guy that can come in and be that kind of quarterback of the defense so you know in terms of the positions they normally pay for i agree they have not invested a ton 
in those positions, especially linebacker. But I wonder if how he looks around and he looks at some of those teams in the playoffs and how well they did and thinks maybe the game is changing in terms of the importance of the position. I don't think the Eagles were wrong not to invest in the linebacker position. They've had a ton of success without doing it. But I think if you look around now, the, the position is becoming more important again. And as a result, I think they'll invest more into it. Elliot Shore-Parks joining us here after the Eagles spoke at the Combine yesterday. Elliot, one more thing with Howie, and then we'll get to Sirianni. Uh, Howie mentioned at the end of his presser yesterday that you know he would give time, as much time as they needed, to some of the veterans to make their decisions. Obviously, Kelsey is, is the one we're all waiting on. Elliot, I know he's got to say the right things, but don't they have to know here in the next week or two? Because they have to make a big plan for the cap space. You know, Jason Kelsey does not play for cheap. And then maybe a replacement on the offensive line if they do, let's say, move Jurgens over to center. Don't they have to know soon? I don't really think they do. Like, obviously, they would like to know, and I think it would be helpful to know, and I'm sure they have an idea of what's going to happen. But they have a ton of cap space. They have Jurgens at center. Now, look, there will be guards in free agency, and it is a strong free agency class, actually, from the guard position. So maybe in that, in that perspective, you want to you know, look, look uh, at guards if you know Kelsey's not coming back and you're moving Jurgens to center. But, but ultimately, they're pretty set up where I don't think they, uh, they have to know. Um, I, you know. Kelsey coming back would really impact the season in a positive way, and him, him, him not coming back is going to be hard to replace him. But from a cap perspective and an off-season plan perspective, you know, I don't think they're going to be blindsided by whatever his decision is. They have Tyler Steen. They have the draft to add guys. So, yeah, I think we all want to know, and it's important to know, but I don't think it impacts much in terms of when they find out. Elliot Sirianni spoke after Howie yesterday, and you know he tripled down on core values, those kind of things. But one thing he did say was kind of interesting, a little different than last month when they spoke, is he used the word meshing, right? Meshing the yeah. offense they've had here, what has worked, with what Kellen Moore likes to do. What do you make of that? Because, you know, I think there's a school of thought where just let Kellen Moore do what he's done well. He's, his offense has scored a lot of points rather than try to make a new thing out of two different offenses. What do you think of that? Yeah, my main takeaway from Sirianni, maybe my main takeaway from the weekend outside of, uh, you know, what I think they're going to do on defense is I don't think it's correct to label Nick a CEO head coach. I think Nick's role is probably much more similar to what it's been the last three years and we were led to believe uh, at the press conference or at least how, you know, we kind of interpreted what they said at the press conference. I think Kellen Moore is definitely going to bring in some new ideas to the, to the offense. I think you'll see different things. But in terms of, like, Nick being hands-off with offense, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think meshing and how he phrased that is probably a perfect description of what they expect to have happen. Because for whatever we think of the offense or, you know, the fans, the callers, like, I don't believe internally the Eagles think their offense is as broken as maybe other people do. Uh, you hear Nick repeatedly kind of bring up, you know, their top ten in this. They finished good in this. Like, I, I think that Nick believes there are a lot of elements of his offense that still work. That doesn't mean you won't see changes. But I don't think it's going to be like an offensive meeting is happening and, happening and Nick happens to pop his head in. Like, I think that they are going to work together to, to build this offense. And hopefully it works. Elliot, we appreciate you hopping on and uh, yesterday as well. And, Elliot, uh, make sure you get some rest. This thing's about to get busy. Two weeks from now, you'll be at the breaking news desk with us at McGurk's. All right. Can't wait. My, my favorite 12 hours of, uh, of the year. Can't wait for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you, Elliot. There he goes. Elliot Shore Parks there. Appreciate it as he uh, – Reports back from the NFL Combine. How about that last takeaway by Elliot, that Sirianni is going to still be very involved with the offense? I don't think that makes anybody happy, Joe. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. Like, when I think of that, I know I've been making jokes about the tush push, but probably the terminology probably be something similar and things like that. 
I don't see any ele- – like, what elements of this offense that were good? Wide receiver screens with Devontae blocking. You don't want that, those anymore? Yeah, that, yeah I don't want to see no, that. No, out on that, those? That right there was – Tush pushes? Yeah. The tush pushes is okay. I'm okay with we'll that. We'll keep that one in? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, but that I mean, that's a major story right there. And, and, you know, the question is, is that just Sirianni trying to show everyone he's still part of this whole thing and he's not just there? Yes. Or is he really going to be part of the offense? I think a little bit of that. I mean, because when you when you, when you you have it where – it feels like, or it's interpreted that you're not going to be a part, then why are you here? Yeah, the what do you do around here question hits. It probably hurts. It's probably, And I, I think anyone would kind of put their back up a little bit and say, wait a second, I'm, I I do plenty around here. So I get him responding that way, but that that's something to monitor for sure. 215-592-9494. Twitter poll question today, of course, sponsored by the PI Dental Center. Your smile is the first thing others see when they meet you. Learn about and schedule your evaluation at PIDentalCenter.com. All right. Do you want the Eagles to go all in on free agency this offseason? 78% yes, 22% no. And your gut feeling, will Hassan Reddick be an Eagle next season? 59% on yes, 41% on no. That one is closer to being split here. Drew is in Westchester. Let's get to Drew here if I can get the uh, the screen to work. What's up, Drew? Drew. You popped Drew up here. Hey, hey, how how we doing, folks? Yeah, we got you, Drew. What's up? Sweet. I didn't know if I was going to be able to call today, but Joe, you put out the bat signal for me when you mentioned uh, Chauncey earlier in the show. That's my guy. Bring him back, baby. Run it back like it's 2022. I love me some Chauncey. Sure, we got to get a movement going here. The Eagles were a far better defense with him. He gave them attitude. He's still young. I mean, that was part of the reason they should have signed him last year because he was like 25 last year. And Drew, I know he you know, was a little banged up with Detroit, but whenever I saw him on the field, he brought that same attitude to that defense. Let's get him back here. Yeah, I, I loved him. You know, he wasn't – he thought he was like Doc, Troy Palomalu, and Ed Reed all in one player, and he's not, but just the vibes he brought. And, like, six interceptions is six interceptions and, like, limited games too. Like, I'd love to – I'd love to have him back. And I had something at the end I just wanted to say on kind of like Jalen and Sirianni relationship too, but I definitely think um, Eagles should be aggressive in free agency. One of the reasons I do is – I look at a lot of these young guys on defense right now, and I like some of them, but outside of maybe Nolan Smith, who I think has some leadership qualities, but it's hard to like be a leader if you can't play or if you're not playing a lot. I don't know that they really have like a guy who stands out as a leader. And I know, you know, I don't use his name lightly because I know some of these guys don't grow on trees, but I think it's a good time to try to find your like next you know, Malcolm Jenkins on defense, like a guy who can come in and kind of change the culture a little bit and really be a leader. And some of the guys' names you were mentioning with Elliott, like Queen, Winfield, McKinney, I think they have those type of qualities. So I, I'd be real into that. Yeah, McKinney and Alabama guy. And the other two guys have won a lot. You know, Queen with the Ravens, they win a lot of games. And and Winfield, I believe his rookie year, that's when the Bucks won the Super Bowl. So he, he's got that that in as well. So, Drew, listen, what do you think about Reddick? You think he's come back? All right, so before yesterday, I was like 80% sure he was coming back. Now, after hearing the comments yesterday, I'm more like 49%. I'm below 50%, and I don't like it because I really would. I really like to have him back, but I did not, you know, get a great vibe from what they from what they said yesterday. Yeah, I didn't either. Drew, man, we appreciate the phone call. The, the vibes there, not great for the Reddit thing. All right, where are we uh, as a show on the idea of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson coming back? I don't have a problem with that. But, I, I mean, 
He was a he was a dog when he was here. Mm-hmm. Don't have a problem with that. Don't have yeah, and look, I know it ended a little bit um, awkwardly, right? You know, CJ GJ out there on social media saying things about Philadelphia and all that. I, I I let water be under the bridge. If he wants to come back here, and obviously he'd be happy with the contract, right? You know, whatever they give him, two years or whatever. I mean, he's not going to get. I don't think he's getting. 10, 15 million per season. He got eight from the Lions. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gets nine or 10 for a couple years. Kyle, would you be in on the idea of bringing back CJGJ? I am willing to let bygones be bygones about what he said about our beloved Philadelphia fan base. Yep. Uh, and I would be in on bringing CJ Garner Johnson back. Like, if for no other reason than he has like that injection of attitude that has been so severely lacking yeah, that, in this like, defense last year. The culture. Like yes. you're talking about somebody who got a little bit of that dog in him. And, and as much as I, I like to downplay culture, um, <laughs> yeah. CJ Garner Johnson is allowed to bring that attitude because of his playmaking ability. Mm-hmm. So like I I think he's the perfect guy. Like, I'm gonna go out there, show you. And you follow my lead, and let's go kick some ass. Yeah, and look, I'm not saying it's he's the only reason for this, but I think there's been a, tra- a trail now where he leaves a team and their defense isn't as good. He was with the Saints. Their defense was really top five you know, a few years ago. It's fallen off. The Eagles, they were really good. It fell off. And then he went to Detroit, and Detroit's defense two years ago was terrible, and this year was it was passable. Like They were they got to the title game. The bonus to bringing in C.J. Gordon-Johnson is that he doesn't go back to an NFC contender. That's right. The line. Get him off of Detroit. Bring him back in. I like it. Ron in Pottstown. What's up, Ron? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. What's up, Ron? Uh, I agree with you guys. I'll, I'll take anyone with an attitude, even if it's released from the new grade of prison. Um, I, I would gladly take Chauncey Garner back. And you'll, he'll... Yes, uh, sir. Let bygones be bygones. Um, I sort of like a combination of both uh, free agents and uh, give the kids a chance. I love Kaylee Ringo. I'm, I'm a big Temple fan. There's probably about seven of us in the city. May, maybe but, eight, Ron, but I think closer to seven. You're probably right yeah, on that. Yeah, but I also have family in Georgia, and I love Georgia football. And I believe in the kids from Georgia. This Nolan Smith, I believe a lot of his problems with, I don't think his shoulder was sound last year. I think he just had shoulder problems. And I think given the chance, he's going to be a good player. He's got tremendous speed. He can really run. I think if given a chance, he's going to be fine. And I love Hassan, but uh, what I read online, there's team in- teams interested in him. And I think the Eagles are going to pull the trigger on him, and he's going to probably go for a draft pick. I agree, Ron. I, just the, the, the tea leaves there, it's, it's not hard to read them. It feels like the Reddit thing is trending towards him not being here. Ron, I like that you're a Ringo fan. Ron, we appreciate the call. we got to get a Ringo fan club going. You're leading the charge. The Keeley Ringo. we got to come up with a, a I mean, alliteration on this. Because I think he can play. Ringo's what? Ringo. It's like the old uh, the Phillies uh, crowd. Ready for Ringo. Ready for Ringo? We're ready for Ringo. Yeah. We want to see him play. What do you think? You got, I, I, Hugh, I, I think there's a movement that you're starting here. You You in? You're going to yeah. lead the fan club. No, I am. I mean, I am in, but I'm I trying to think you... of the alliteration that we. I don't know. Uh, well, this may take a little more time yeah, than off the top that, of my head. That, yeah, that, I, I'm thinking of the old, the old Wolf Pack at at, at, at the vet for Randy Wolf. Oh, or okay. Something um, like Sal Fasano, Sal's pals. We need to think of something for for Hugh and the ring the ringettes. Ringo's dingos. Ringo's dingos. That, that don't sound. <laughs> You're not in on that. No. Uh, I mean, no. I think Come that's on. a good one. That do not sound. Right. Oh, you got to just you got to bring a boombox and just bump. Like Ringo Starr songs. Yeah, I think we, we get the whole Ringo. I thing think going. we need to get a, a game next year where Hugh doesn't have to work the pregame and he gets to go into the tailgate with, with all the Ringo's Dingos and hang out and get ready for the game. I, I'm starting to like Ringo's Dingos, especially uh, now that it's not really hitting for Hugh. Yeah, like I think <laughs> it's funny. Forcing it, it, him it makes into it doing, even better. Huh? Yeah. That makes it even better. Uh, uh. 
I don't know about that. I, do, you, do you want to join Hughes Movement to be one of the Ringo's Dingo's? Ringo's Dingo's. No, that don't sound right. That don't sound right. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, that's the name until you come up with a better one. <laughs> I'll think of something. Okay. I think of something. I'm going to think of something today. Okay. So tomorrow you have a better name than Ringo Stigos? Hopefully, hopefully I do tomorrow because that one right there, boy, that's not good at all. <laughs> is that dog not hunt? That dog is not hunt, Joe. I, I tell you, I, I think we should put a, a little question up on Twitter. Should <laughs> should Hughes fan group for Keely Ringo be called Ringo's Dingo? It's getting more and more appealing by the second. I know, um, I'm pretty sure because I'm cringing. I'm over here cringing looking at y'all like y'all done lost your mind. I Alec Bone it. just uh, went over the yard. Good. To run uh, Schwarber's leading off. Bryce is first. Bryce do anything his first at bat? Uh, I missed Bryce. All right, I well, was too locked in. Yeah. Oh, Bryce was on base. For okay, it, so. good. Well, he, you were, you were locked into Ringo's Dingos. I can't blame <laughs> you for that. Carl's in Maple Shade. What's up, Carl? Carl. Hey guys, thanks for bringing me in. Man. Anytime, Carl. It. Well, you know Howie has an ace to play. What is that? And what I mean by that is. In this draft, he's missed left and right. This is the easiest one he has. Which pick? You like if the, like the first-round pick? Who do you want? It, yeah, if I hear in the first pick of the draft, the Philadelphia Eagles bring in Jay Trot, I'm going to jump out of my chair and dang on there, flip over my kitchen table. That's probably not going to happen. And well, he'd be excited. He'll be little, he, he would be excited, but it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, first round may be a little early from Carl, but I agree with you that it's the kind of pick that if he makes it, everyone is going to be into that pick. I mean, he he fits, he checks every box that everyone here wants. He's a linebacker. How can you can try to build something without a building block block player? He's a building block player. You go from him. He's not a name. I mean, this city will be on fire. And you can forget about all the petty talk about what does Nick do and this, that, and the other thing. The main topic is going to be juniors in a house. Well, how about this? I'm going to throw another one at you here, Carl. And I, I love it. I mean, I, I want Trotter Jr. here, too. I think he, he's the kind of guy they could take in the second or third round. And they got two second-round picks that could really help. We appreciate it. So, you know, this could be a legacy draft or legacy offseason for Howie Roseman. Hugh, obviously – Trot's kid is a big part of the draft, right? Yeah. Maybe they draft him in a position of need. But if they lose J.C. Kelsey, right, they're, they can move Jurgens over to center. You know who's a free agent? John Runyon's son. He okay. plays guard. Yeah, okay. How about that? Why don't we do a little legacy offseason? Trotter Jr. and Runyon's kid. I'll tell you what, man. When we got John Runyon, John Runyon, you talk about a catalyst to uh, a mentality. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was John Runyon because he came in with the nasty. You know what I mean? He came in. And he kind of set the tone for that first uh, that first training camp that we had. Everything I read says that the Packers are not sure they're going to be able to, to re-sign Runyon Jr. So, so they're, he, going to pay, they're going to pay Or they're not sure they'll be able to. So it sounds like he's getting to free agency here. He has started a lot. Of, he has started the last three years uh, all but one game. He plays. He plays a lot. He's been a good player. I think he's an interesting name. All right, 215-592-9494. Sirianni, of course, likes to talk about his core values and how he reshuffles those. Matt mentioned yesterday he's tripling down on all that. We'll get to it. And you know what it's time for? It's time for the midday show because we, like we like to have fun with the core values thing. But, you know, we can't have fun with core values and, get my pen and, pad and not establish our own. So we're going we're gonna to lay them out, the five core values of the midday show. We'll hit that next and... A new Joe Conklin song. 215-592-9494. It is the Midday Show 
as always, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sports work. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. I really like the FanDuel app. Just visit FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O and shoot your shot. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94 WIP. FanDuel, official Sportsbook partner of the NBA. Here, what do you think of this one? Backstreet Boys. Right? A little different spin on what we usually do. Not no, the Backstreet Boys this time. The sound's a little different than usual. No. See, this is the, the hook is the same as the rest of the hooks. Listen to that. This is in sync, though. But it's the same. It's like the hook is almost so identical. all boy bands are the same? Well, these two kind of sound the same. In sync no, and No, but am I lying, though? Listen to the hook. I'm not listening to that hook. I'm not. Wait, all I hear is a good song, man. I'm going to be labeled a hater now. I'm oh, stop. yeah. Let me just stop. Do we, do we put up a Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC poll? Oh, I think we have to. Just, like, just to see where people like are at. Screaming toward that that, if, if anything says 2024 poll, that's it right there. All right, welcome back. Midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio. Yippee-ki-yay-yo. Yippee-ki-yay-yo. And joining us right now after a, uh, a big day yesterday, Elliot asked some great questions at that press conference, both of them yesterday, with Sirianni and Howie Roseman. Uh, Kyle, joining us right now, of course, is Elliot Shore Parks. Yeah, and Elliot Shore Parks is sponsored by Bet Parks. Open the Bet Parks app. New users win your first $10 bet and get $125 in bonus bets. Must be 21 in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, or Maryland. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Elliot, fresh off the combine, a night in Indianapolis. Elliot, how are we doing today? Man, I appreciate the kind words. Obviously, appreciate the instinct, too. But I feel bad. I forgot to ask Hugh's question. I just realized. Yeah, now. right. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. The, the question Sorry, that I, <laughs> the question he just, he just remembered. What are you going to do? Yeah, he did. I, I just remembered. Yeah, I, I respect that. I respect that. But did you glean anything from the the off the off the uh, hour uh, conversations that you had last night? Did you get anything from those? <laughs> Oh, the late night. No, it ended up being a pretty casual night, unfortunately. I probably uh, probably talked it up a little too much. But, um, look, it was certainly an interesting day yesterday, I'll say, uh, just from a you know, perspective of hearing from Howie and Nick. And uh, I feel like we learned a lot yesterday about their offseason plans. So, Elliot, what's your read on the Hassan Reddick answers? Because that is – it was Tell pretty me. noteworthy to me. They both yeah. seemed to throw cold water on, on – you know, they didn't want to be optimistic about it. They were like, we'll see – and I, I thought it was also noteworthy that neither of them said a fact in all this, which is he's under contract. I mean, that would have been an acceptable answer. A, Hassan is an eagle. He's under contract. I'd like, you know, we're excited to have him here. Neither of them said that. What do you make of the way they answer the Reddit questions? Yeah, you know, I don't think it's often where Howie Roseman gets asked a question and he seems almost taken off guard by it. But I thought the question for him of what's the best case scenario for Hassan, he didn't really have a great answer for that. And I think it kind of shows where they're at right now with the Reddick situation. Um, this week at the Combine, uh, Reddick's agent is going to talk to you know, any team that's willing to talk to him about what their interest in Hassan would be, what they're willing to pay Hassan. And then I think at that point, you'll see a decision. I mean, it's very possible Hassan Reddick goes out there, he gets a huge offer for a t- from a team, 
And the Eagles just decide to match it. Like, I don't think Hassan Reddick, as he said, and I believe him, wants to leave Philadelphia. I don't think he's unhappy here. I don't think he's unhappy with how he's used, anything like that. I think he just wants to be paid. So whoever's going to pay him the most money is probably where he's going to end up going. So I think this will be a big week in terms of Hassan figuring out what uh, he's going to get. And especially with free agency coming up, the Eagles are going to want to know if he's on their book. Uh, we've been debating today, Elliot, between you know the two paths Eagles could take here this offseason. One, which is spend a lot of, if not all, of their, their extra cap space that they have, and they can make a couple extra moves to even have more, or to let a lot of their young guys play. Because they have drafted a lot of younger guys on defense the last couple of years, three of them from Georgia in the first round, Ed and Nicobe Dean, some young corners, blanket ship. Like They've got a lot of younger guys on defense. Hugh wants to let them play. I think they need to spend this money on to try to fix this defense. Elliot, what do you think they should do? What do you think they will do when this league year opens? Well, I'll start with what they will do. I think it will probably be a, a bit of a mixture. Now, with those young guys you mentioned, I don't think N'Kobe Dean is going to be handed any type of starting job. I think he'll probably be a backup next year. Uh, Jordan Davis has had his chance to play and show he's a difference maker. He hasn't shown it yet. I think Nolan Smith is one player that they will get on the field more. Uh, Howie talked about that yesterday in terms of the encouraging signs they saw from him at the end of the season. So I do think there will be areas where, where they will play the young guys. Keely Ringo, another one, I think will get some snaps. But ultimately, I think by the time training camp rolls around, they will sign two to three starters on defense that will have penned in as starters, whether that's a safety, a linebacker, maybe a corner at either outside or inside corner, depending what they do with Devontae Maddox. So I think they'll do a bit of both. What I would do is I would pay guys and get, to get in here and uh, help the defense. I think this team can win the Super Bowl next year if their defense is better. I, I like the idea of developing players, but that's for a team that doesn't have any chance to win it next year. It doesn't have a quarterback. When you have someone you're paying that type of money and you think can be your franchise guy, then you go pay and put talent around him. Do you think with, when you talk about the Eagles and, and free agency and what they're going to do, do you think they're going to go for guys that are like uh, serviceable guys or do you think they're going to try to hit home runs by getting big-name guys? I think they're going to try to hit home runs. I think they're going to go out and sign a different type of free agent than we've seen them sign on defense in recent years. If you think about how they put together their current defense, Slay, they traded a third-round pick for. Bradbury, they signed after the initial wave of free agency. Even Reddick, who was a you know pretty early signing for them, it has proven to be a great signing. He wasn't a massive money guy. I mean, why they're in the situation there and now with him. So what you've seen them do is mostly kind of work around the edges on defense. I think that's going to change. I think they're going to target 25, 26-year-olds, players who – you know, are getting their second contract, um, players that have shown Pro Bowl potential. And I think they're looking for guys so that each offseason we're not sitting here going, they need a linebacker, they need a corner, they need a safety. I think they want permanent type of players, and those players are going to be expensive. So I think they're going to go out and spend some money. Elliot, do you think they might do that at a position they don't typically do it at? Because as you said that, and I'm thinking about ages and names out there. I got three that hit me in, you know, right away. Antoine Winfield, the safety from the Bucs, who's been a really yep. good player. Yep. Uh, Xavier McKinney, an Alabama kid who's been good for the Giants, and I think is only 24, maybe just turned 25. And Patrick Queen, who was a first-round pick, and you know, the, he's going to be a free agent, was on that Ravens team this past year. They're not the positions they usually spend on. They're safety and linebacker, but they kind of fit that age, and, and they're really good right now. Do you think they could go for a position that they don't usually do with big money? Yeah, I definitely think they will. Now, will those players decide to come here? That's a different question, but I think they're going to go out and try to sign those type of players. And I think some of the names you mentioned are names we're going to hear a lot about over the next few weeks uh, leading up to free agency. Like those guys, Antonio Winfield, he can be a playmaking defensive 
uh, back from the safety position. He can blitz. He creates turnovers. Like, he's kind of, frankly, a little bit what Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was for them before he left. Uh, Patrick Queen, he could come in and he could be that three-down linebacker where, you know, you then have guys rotate around with him. Maybe Nakobe has a role next to Queen, but he can be the guy that can come in and be that kind of quarterback of the defense. So, you know, in terms of the positions they normally pay for, I agree they have not invested a ton in those positions, especially linebacker. But I wonder if how he looks around and he looks at some of those teams in the playoffs and how well they did and thinks maybe the game is changing in terms of the importance of the position. I don't think the Eagles were wrong not to invest in the linebacker position. They've had a ton of success without doing it. But I think if you look around now, the, the position is becoming more important again. And as a result, I think they'll invest more into it. Elliot Shore-Parks joining us here after the Eagles spoke at the Combine yesterday. Elliot, one more thing with Howie, and then we'll get to Sirianni. Uh, Howie mentioned at the end of his presser yesterday that you know he would give time, as much time as they needed, to some of the veterans to make their decisions. Obviously, Kelsey is, is the one we're all waiting on. Elliot, I know he's got to say the right things, but don't they have to know here in the next week or two? Because they have to make a big plan for the cap space. You know, cause Jason Kelsey does not play for cheap. And then maybe a replacement on the offensive line if they do, let's say, move Jurgens over to center. Don't they have to know soon? I don't really think they do. Like, obviously, they would like to know, and I think it would be helpful to know. And I'm sure they have an idea of what's going to happen. But they have a ton of cap space. They have Jurgens at center. Now, look, there will be guards in free agency, and it is a strong free agency class, actually, from the guard position. So maybe in that, in that perspective, you want to you know, look, look uh, at guards if you know Kelsey's not coming back and you're moving Jurgens to center. But, but ultimately, they're pretty set up where I don't think they, uh, they have to know. Um, I, you know. Kelsey coming back would really impact the season in a positive way, and him, him, him not coming back is going to be hard to replace him. But from a cap perspective and an offseason plan perspective, you know, I don't think they're going to be blindsided by whatever his decision is. They have Tyler Steen. They have the draft to add guys. So, yeah, I think we all want to know, and it's important to know, but I don't think it impacts much in terms of when they find out. Elliot Sirianni spoke after Howie yesterday, and you know he tripled down on core values, those kind of things. But one thing he did say was kind of interesting, a little different than last month when they spoke, is he used the word meshing, right? Meshing the yeah. offense they've had here, what has worked with what Kellen Moore likes to do. What do you make of that? Because you know I think there's a school of thought where just let Kellen Moore do what he's done well. He's his offense has scored a lot of points rather than try to make a new thing out of two different offenses. What do you think of that? Yeah, my main takeaway from Sirianni, maybe my main takeaway from the weekend outside of, uh, you know, what I think they're going to do on defense is I don't think it's correct to label Nick a CEO head coach. I think Nick's role is probably much more similar to what it's been the last three years and we were led to believe uh, at the press conference or at least how, you know, we kind of interpreted what they said at the press conference. I think Kellen Moore is definitely going to bring in some new ideas to the, to the offense. I think you'll see different things. But in terms of, like, Nick being hands-off with offense, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think meshing and how he phrased that is probably a perfect description of what they expect to have happen. Because for whatever we think of the offense or, you know, the fans, the callers, like, I don't believe internally the Eagles think their offense is as broken as maybe other people do. Uh, You hear Nick repeatedly kind of bring up, you know, their top ten in this. They finished good in this. Like, I I think that Nick believes there are lots of elements of his offense that still work. That doesn't mean you won't see changes. But I don't think it's going to be like an offensive meeting is happening and, happening and Nick happens to pop his head in. Like, I think they, they are going to work together to, to build this offense. And hopefully it works. Elliot, we appreciate you hopping on and uh, yesterday as well. And 
Elliot, uh, make sure you get some rest. This thing's about to get busy. Two weeks from now, you'll be at the breaking news desk with us at McGurk's. All right. Can't wait. My, my favorite 12 hours of, uh, of the year. Can't wait for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you, Elliot. There he goes. Elliot Shore Parks there. Appreciate it as he uh, reports back from the NFL Combine. How about that last takeaway by Elliot, that Sirianni is going to still be very involved? It wasn't a core values. We didn't just make them up and say, hey, connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals are what's important. Right. We, that was years and years of coaching and playing that we thought to ourselves and I thought to myself, these are the common denominators of good football teams. And that's not that's not changing off of a bad spurt. Right. And so it is it is a true double down on those from day one. Sorry, Joe. A double down. He went on to talk about how he's actually going to triple down on these core values. And they took years, years to come up with them. So, you know, we thought we, we obviously we have a lot of fun with Sirianni's core values here. But I actually, this morning, Hugh, I felt a little bit like a hypocrite because how could we poke fun at someone else's core values? And we don't have any. We don't really have ours. So Not yet. No, well, that's we're going to change that right now. All right, let's do it. Let's establish, and we've been doing this show now for a full year, so I think we all have a sense of what we think is important. So we can say we've been doing this for a year. That's right. We, we have a sense of what's important to us as a show. So I think we need to establish the five core values of the Midday Show. Oh, I got one. You got one? What do you got? Uh, proper grammar is not important to me. Proper grammar, pronunciation, uh, uh, that's not, not important. The, those, the, the, those, the, those, those, I can't even get it out now. The, 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 a legit threat. A, a, a legit threat. That, that is not important to me because what I found out, Kyle, is that most people that I come in contact with speak you. They yeah. know exactly what well, As long as you're from. getting your message out clearly, and well, maybe not clearly, but like as long as people like, understand, understand the meaning. Hollabaloo or Hoobaloo. If you look at a third base coach in baseball, you would think they're crazy. Why yeah. are they touching their hat and their armpit and their nose? Yeah. It's a, it, as long as everyone understands on the team what that's they're it. saying. Ebonomini. Ebonomini. Like that, yeah. I vote for that one. Okay. All right, I'm with that one. All right. That's That's got to be one of our core values. I'll throw this one in. Um, Leave logic at home. Sometimes oh. we get too logical here. Well, that you can't do that or that. Yeah, no, need to work we, that. we tap that sign and we leave our logic at home and we bring emotion for four hours a day. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in. like I, emotion is way, way more entertaining, way more fun uh, than logic. Logic kind of ruins things. Yeah. And then usually one of us a day is trying to use logic and, yeah, and they that just, person yeah, down. I mean, they get, yeah. They get okay. Beat up. All right. So we have proper grammar, enunciation, mm-hmm. pronunciation. Yep. Don't need that. Yes. Leave logic at home. I like that one. Kyle, what are you thinking? I'm going to, so I'm just going to throw one out there okay. because uh, I feel like this is appropriate given, uh, given the state of the times around WIP right now. Mm-hmm. Entertain any and all hypotheticals. They're all encouraged. I will entertain. I mean, I might, you know, crap on one, say it's a bad trade, but I'm at least going to consider it and I'm going to discuss it. And I think it's only, it's, it's the right thing to do. Fake trades make the world yes. go around is what I like to say. Yeah. Like, so if you have an idea, like just say, you know, a crazy hairbrained idea, like trading Juan Soto for Bryce Harper, right? That you should talk about that. If you have Absolutely. that idea, yep. if you have an idea like, Hey, would you trade Patrick Sertain to get, you know, trade AJ Brown to get Patrick Sertain? You should bring that up. That, I think that's perfect. I, I like that. Hypothetical trades bring them the more the, the, more the merrier. Um, all right. So we got three good ones there. I, I say a couple more we should definitely throw in. Have a take. Right? That's, yeah. That's a WIP thing. You can't show up here without having something to say each day. So have a take. That's important. And I do think we should, um, we should maybe think about this one. What about moving the goalposts, you? It's okay. Whatever fits your argument. Oh, yeah. I like that okay. one. Okay. I, I tend to move the goalposts. It's not only okay. I would say it's encouraged. Mm-hmm. 
It just depends on the day. It depends on what you're trying to argue. Take those goalposts goal posts, and move them. Just move, move around. Move those things. All right, move those goalposts. All right, I like that. That's so, good. That's a good five right there. So now, and that took us uh, two and a half minutes, not the years Sirianni's worked on his. Well, but, we'll reshuffle these in a month. Okay, So, but how should we order them now? Because that's a big part of coaching, right? It's a big part of having a culture and foundation is, is ordering the core values. Yeah. Uh, what's everyone's number one? Hugh, what's your one? Uh, my number one is proper grammar and pronunciation <laughs> not needed. Okay, that, proper that grammar. Mine. That's a good one. Um, that That's my – that's, that's going to be the one that I live by. I think it's on there. It's a little yeah. lower on my list. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, what would you say your number one is? <sighs> I'm. It's hard to, for it not to be have a take. Yeah. Well, you're – you're the producer of a talk show. So, right. You know, you got to make sure we make sure you guys both have taste. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Yeah. All right, that's a good one. Um, I, I would say a, a big tenant for our show, especially, is to move the goalpost. It's okay. <laughs> Argue one thing one day, change your mind the next day. I, look, I can get down with that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like overreacting and saying we all overreacted. Hey, hey but did we overreact? <laughs> All right. No, I did. Yeah, that's a that's a good one because that tends to happen quite a bit. It, it yeah, I, I do it. It's okay. okay. Um, have a take is one. We're go- what do you think? What do you should, like if we're ordering them right now? I think have a take is like the like the first thing we okay. need when we come into work, right? Have a take. Moving the goalpost is okay. Should we put that number two? And then Hughes that thing number three. Look, I, I think if I were going to rank the pronunciation one, I'd put that last, but I would compromise with you and put it fourth. <laughs> Okay. So <laughs> put it fourth. All right, pronunciation is for, is uh, optional is fourth. Yeah. Moving the goalposts, uh we also have have a take that but that's number 1. Moving the goalposts number 2. Leave logic at home is number Leave 3. Leave logic at home is definitively number 3. And then hypothetical trades would be number 4. Yeah. They're all okay. And then and then pronunciation's last, I guess. Is oh, no, no. Pro- yeah. Hypothetical trades. Oh, I got one more. What what oh, where would uh what now I forgot how to say it's too many core values. Yeah, it's too many. It's too many core values. We're gonna lose track. No, no I'm what, what I'm it? asking, like, what about the one where it's like, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story? Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's one um, of your favorite ones. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's more like leave logic at home, right? Okay, if yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that that kind of okay. We could we, yeah. we put that under that umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah okay. like logic. Yeah. Get out of here with that. You said it's way too many core values. <laughs> Well, part of the key of core values is knowing them. It, it, yeah. Because like Sirianna, he reshuffles them. He knows them all. He can reel them off. Connectivity and, and whatever the hell the other ones are he talks about. Uh, what, what are the other ones? I don't even know. <laughs> can you name Sirianna's core values? Connect, I know connectivity. Connectivity, culture, accountability. accountability. I don't think culture is one of them. I think well, it's, maybe it should be. There's two C's, right? Connectivity. What's the other C? Oh, crap. I, mean, I know just, football IQ is one. We just listen to him rattle them all off. Like... It, my eyes are glazed over because he says it all the time. He's fo- tripling down. Football IQ was one. Yes. Yeah. See, how does this not go yeah, in one ear and out the other for the players? <laughs> no, because you're locked as a player. You're locked in. Oh, oh it's connect compete. Oh, compete. Yeah. Forgot about compete. Accountability, football IQ, and there's one more. Dang. Accountability. Um, I, I I like ours better. I just I just put it that way. I I love our core values. All right, those are the ones we live by here. <laughs> Should we send these to Sirianni Marble Max style? Yeah, put him in a letter, um, and then you know he won't open those either. All right, 215-592-9494. For back to the phones here, and then we're going to let you hear the newest from Joe Conklin, newest Eagles song coming up from Joe Conklin. And are we getting any reaction here on the um, Ringo's Dingo's? Because I think that's a really important it's thing. catching we, on like wildfire. Good. Oh, he's going to let that one die. We have a few submissions. Uh, Ringo's Wranglers was one that uh, a caller brought in. Yeah. I mean, okay, that's not a, bad. I can't, I can't believe people are actually going to run with this. Well, oh, but yeah. I, get, I guess I, I can't. Well, they want to be part of the fan club. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite that I've heard besides Ringo's Dingo's was Ringo's Stars. 
I think get behind that one. Ringo Stars really does. It, it fits. It hits. It's Since it, y'all going to make me do this. Stars. Yeah. yeah, but Ringo's dingoes. It's just, I just I really need Hugh being uncomfortable with this whole thing. And that, like, they See, you get a kick out of that. Of you get I a do. kick out of it. Because imagine you walking into the stadium. like you got a whole section of fans with you. Keely Ringo's fan club. And you all have T-shirts on that say Ringo's dingoes. I mean, that would really I, hit. Why I got to wear a T-shirt, though? You're the leader <laughs> yeah, of the Yeah, you're the leader. Club. What are you talking about? Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. It's we, like when we wore the overalls. We yeah, had to. Yeah, you got to start a movement. That was a team building concept with the show. So, but this is too. This no, is you and no. all the Ringo fans out no, there. No, but I'm saying, like, I'm going to be the only one win. I'm, I'm going to be the only one on this show prostitute myself at that well, point. Well, Hugh, I'm trying to get That's a free right. agent to replace this guy. <laughs> I, can't be the, I can't be in Ringo's dingoes. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think, if anything, it gives Philly fans an opportunity to repurpose the old dog mask from 2017. I mean, you don't have to. Buy a dingo mask, like you just a yeah, dog, a fine. dingo. Yeah, it'll work. Now, do you have a dog mask here, or do we got to order you? No, I don't. I don't he was in Atlanta for that. He was, was, he was probably licking his wounds from when we beat well, them in the division they round. They were playing I was the Falcons. Not. I was not, <laughs> but, but I did. Who'd you I, pick to win that game? Falcons. I think I picked the Eagles to win. Oh wow! Uh, I think I did. I used to get in trouble. Like, I, I kept it true. Like I, I would get in trouble for picking the Eagles, and they would they would try to run me out of town all the time. All right, I'm searching dog mask. Maybe I'll try to find you a dingo dog mask here. All right, let's go to David, who's up next on WIP. What's up, David? Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. What's up, David? Hey, how you doing, fellas? Hey, quick draw McGraw Joe. Mm -hmm. Relax with the trigger finger, all right? Don't buzz me out. I've only been home for three and a half. All right, what do you got today? (laughs) I know Kyle. He thinks I complain. Kyle, I've been on the phone since 10 o'clock. David, you literally just complained and then said Kyle thinks I complain. I don't really. Hey, so here go core values. I mean, come on. Never let your emotions overtake your intelligence. I'm too smart to get emotional with people I've never seen. I actually do it the opposite. Never let my intelligence get over my emotions. Leave logic at the door, David. That's right. For core value. Anyway, (laughs) with that being said, let's just do what Hugh said with the defense. Let's just do what Hugh said. He's got experience in this aspect of life. Am I correct? Uh, He did play football, yes. Yeah, nobody believes me. No, I, I mean, do. but it's okay. I'm, I'm, that's I'm because I'm, I'm I'm the football okay guy that. on this show, David. That's been no, established. No, I'm, I'm the de- I'm the defensive guy. Does she do anything for us? Patience. You want to win right now, so we can say the Super Bowl champions, and then the year after that, you could care less, right? Of course, I want to win now, David. I, I'm getting older now. I'm 37 years old. I'm not young anymore. Hugh, Hugh. Yes. Joe, I'm 52. So how old is you gonna be, bro? I'm 40, I'm 52 years old. Well, how, how old am I gonna be? No, 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 not you. But, Joe, you, you just put the number out there. Yeah, you I'm 37. I'm, I'm not getting any younger here, David. I need a Super Bowl. <laughs> you got one already. What are you worried about? Relax. Only relax. It's relax. Basically. David. You want another. See? Well, you, were you relaxed, David, watching the end of this Eagle season? I was not relaxed. My fandom is different, but, yeah, I was comfortable with it. Because comfortable? You people, no, you got to let people marinate. It's like meat. You can't just take meat out the package. And throw it and it's not like it. meat. These are human it. beings that play football. That meat. might be the worst analogy in the history it's not of the show. Like a piece of chicken at all, David. That's saying a lot. I like, I like the marinade. You gotta season the meat. You gotta, you gotta let yeah. it marinate. You gotta, you gotta yeah. let everybody soak in the flavor. Because now here goes the catch. So now Hertz has got what? Another coordinator, correct? Yeah. He has to learn David, you could put all the salt and pepper you want in a Kobe Dean. If he can't stay healthy, he can't stay healthy. I got Laurie's in Old Bay. I don't use salt and pepper. That's basic for amateurs. What do you put on? What do you put on? I just told you, Laurie's Old Bay and a little tarragon, some herbs, and I throw it in the refrigerator to let it marinate. Mm, I do like Old yeah. Bay. Old Bay's a good season. That was more hogshead cheese than, than meat. Yeah. 
Now I'm, but we got I'm like, I don't do, I don't do dairy cheese, but I appreciate the phone call three and a half hours later. Y'all fellas have a nice day. I look forward to talking to y'all tomorrow. David, appreciate you, David. David sound a little salty. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I might have to officially ban David. It's getting outrageous. <laughs> He got a little salty. You be leaving him. I, I found. I like the fact that he don't like you be leaving him on hold. Well, I'll make better points. <laughs> I uh, I did find a dingo mask. If you were interested in, in us putting nah, on the company, I'm, I'm, re- I'm really not. Look at this thing. That's a horrible mask. What too. do you mean, Ringo's dingos? That's horrible. You would wear horrible. that thing with it with a group people at the no. link. No. Oh come on. No, and and you know what's gonna happen? Somebody's gonna try to rope me into something like this. It's oh gonna yeah. Be, it's gonna be uncomfortable. Oh, this is happening. Extremely. Yeah, but if it works, is that all that matters? What do you mean if it works? Oh, you mean if he actually plays if and plays Keely well? If Keely Ringo plays well. Okay, how about this? If he becomes a starter, it, it, it could be a conversation that, that can be had. Is that one better? That, that's a horrible mess. <laughs> Joe, that's, that's horrible as well. All right, I may, I'll just hold off on buying it. Smooth Joe in the Northeast. What's <laughs> up, Smooth Joe? hold off. <laughs> hey, how you doing, guys? What's going on, Good, man? Smooth Joe. All right. Just thought I'd chime in. I was on the road picking up the girls from school there. Okay. But... Uh, Anyhow, about Ringo's Wranglers. Ringo's and Wranglers. To, and to make it work, if the dude comes out playing good or whatnot, you have a group wearing overalls. Now, that would work. Hugh, I think okay. I, Smooth Joe's got something here. Smooth Joe, why you do me like this, man? Why, why, you, why you doing me like this, man? Hey, I mean, bro, I got to roll with what pops <laughs> in the mind here. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I'm okay with overalls making a comeback. As a matter of fact, I need to holler at my man, Dan. I need to get my overalls cut before we go to Clearwater. But listen, get them put you got to get Shorts? rid of them pretty yeah. overalls. I grew up in Louisiana back in the day. Okay. Overalls are blue denim now. Okay? Yeah, they, yeah, they definitely that, are. That's the deal. That's old school right, right yeah, there. Yeah, that's old school. All right, guys. Smooth Joe, man, we appreciate it. So Ringo's Wranglers is where Smooth Joe wants to go? Yeah, with the overall. Yeah, I think we're, we're really starting to put something together here. Right? We're, we're putting our heads together. We came up with the core values. And now, see, this is the thing, Hugh. You, you want to play the young guys. You're all in on supporting them. I like Ringo. Yeah, I do. I do like I like, the way, I like his game. I like the, the flashes of the game that I saw him play. I really, really do. I can just see the promotion now. Come on, come hang out. Tailgate. Ringo's, Ringo's Wranglers. Or, or the Ringo's Dingo's with Hugh Douglas. And you're all wearing the masks. I, I think... I think you're being a little hard on these masks here. I mean, you're not, and you're not going to find a dingo mask that is like cool. You just have to, you have to yeah, like, go with uh, it. Dog mask, yeah. And then the Ringo, Ringo's Danglers, or whatever you want to call them, Danglers. Dingoes. <laughs> dingoes. I think you're going to need to take your medicine, buddy. Ringo's Dingoes. <laughs> no, I, I, I was, I was mixing the two words, uh, Wranglers and, and and Ringers or Dingers, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Dangler. I think oh, he was no. just ready for Dinger Tuesday here on the show, coming to baseball season. Today's Wednesday, right? So does it count the Alec Bohm home uh, run? No. AT Real Muto? Yeah. Um, here's what I'll say to, to all this. Hugh, if you want to be the play the young guys guy, you got to go all in on Ringo's Dingo. I don't know if I can do that, though, Joe, because that just, that just feels cringeworthy. It just, like the, the name is just cringeworthy. But for and, the, be, and running around with shirts on and dog masks with a bunch of grown ass. Uh, so hold on. I feel like if we were going to implement a sixth. Core value. It's don't worry about embarrassment. Yeah, I mean, you kind of do a little <gasps> bit, a little bit embarrassing. No, I mean, <laughs> you gotta just check no, check embarrassment checking, out the door. Not when you check your proper grammar at the door, huh? You can't really too much. That's, yeah, I mean, that. I feel like there's kind of going. My thing is, if we if we're not embarrassed once a show, we're not doing enough. No, yeah. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.